Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. everyone to the spotlight i'm jeremy lambert that's steven jensen and shout out to big dick mlj for the intro as always jensen is on hotel wi-fi coming through as you would expect on hotel wi-fi with a uh choppy picture hopefully the audio holds up that is what's gonna matter here how you doing buddy Uh, darn dude i was hoping everything looked all right uh, a second ago didn't it uh, yeah, it was it was fine in our uh, pre-show meeting, which consists of us saying hello and then getting started on this show. Yeah, if I need to, I can try to switch it to, um, I have another Wi-Fi option that might be a little bit better. So just let me know how things are going, y'all. I'll do my best. Um, but yes, I am on location still in Duluth, Georgia, after AEW Dynamite and Collision. So um, we're definitely going to talk about that on today's show. But that's why I'm in the hotel and why, I guess, the... Uh, I did my best with the uh with the Wi-Fi, so we'll see how that goes. But how are you doing, Jeremy? I'm good. It's coming in and out. Like it like it's hotel Wi-Fi. I think anybody who has stayed in a hotel understands that sometimes it works great and other times it's just going to be a pain and not work at all. So we will see. We'll work through it. Uh vacation Steven Jensen is certainly here, and that is what what matters that you are here at all. Um yeah, otherwise I'm I'm good. It's been a long week, but but a fun week. Went to a concert on Tuesday and yeah, that was my little mini vacation to to myself going to a concert with the wife. Yeah, you went to Offspring and Sum 41, right? 
Yeah, and Simple Plan. I I got buried right. for not mentioning Simple Plan in the on on the tweet that they were also there. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good concert. That's a that's a solid like uh like early two thousands concert. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, nineties to two thousands. It was it was a lot of fun. Wife is a big fan of uh wife is a big fan of the offspring and I, I like some forty one. Honestly, simple plan was first it was surprising of how many songs I, I recognize because I didn't listen to them a lot and two, like they put on a really good show. So if um you uh, you, you get a chance to go see this tour um, it's supposed to be the last tour for some 41 they're they're breaking up even though they're they have a new album coming out next year uh if you get a chance to go go see them if you live that era of, of music i i recommend it because it was a it was a really fun show nice nice yeah I, I, I was a fan of all those bands back in the day back in the day it makes you feel very old to say that i went <laughs> uh i saw <coughs> i've been doing a lot in my uh, little break here from work which has been great um went and uh did a bachelor party with my friend in the mountains this past weekend and then uh this other day i saw strays that new movie with uh will ferrell and jamie fox yeah it was really funny it's it's like it's super vulgar like be like be aware like i probably wouldn't bring like your kids and stuff unless like they're used to seeing like but it's it's yeah it's uh but it was it was hilarious it was like a true comedy you know that's really what I wanted to see is wanted to see something that was going to be funny and just try to be funny for the entire hour and a half. That's what it was. So um, I'd recommend people who like just funny comedy movies, check that movie out. There you go. I've seen the previews for that and it does look very funny. You know, we only go to the movies if it is with the kids and this is certainly not something we would take the kids to uh, based yeah. on the trailer that, that I have seen um, guys, leave us a thumbs up on the video. Leave us a super chat. Give us a, give, get your question, comment statement, Red on the air. This episode today is sponsored by Wrestle Rumble. We've partnered up with them once again. They have uh, their AEW World Heavyweight Title Belt Raffle that you can sign up just one dollar to to sign up for the belt raffle. That's all you got to do. No pick'em contest for for all in, but there is the belt raffle for AEW All In. We're giving away free entries. For this Jensen? Oh, so what I'm gonna do is I forgot to mention that before the show to you. So what we're gonna do is <clears throat> we're gonna pick one winner this week. It's gonna be the same thing though, where you just say Wrestle Rumble in the chat. We're gonna give one person ten entries. So you'll get ten Ooh. opportunities at um you'll get your name in there ten times to potentially win the AEW World Championship Belt Replica. There you go. So all you got to do, leave a Wrestle Rumble in the chat. We'll mention this throughout the show, but leave a Wrestle Rumble in the chat. One person will win, and you'll get 10 entries into the uh, belt raffle for the AW World Heavyweight title belt. And, and Jensen can always attest to this, but those are the legit, authentic belts, the, the real deal that will be sent to you, and the, the shipping comes in a, a timely manner. There's never been an issue with, with any of this stuff. Wrestle Rumble have been great partners uh, with us for, gosh, almost a year now, I feel like. I feel like we've been doing this for a long time with them. So yeah. shout out to Matt and everybody over at, at Wrestle Rumble. We appreciate them. For sure. I um uh Matt actually sent me a picture of the like of the box the belt came in and the thing is humongous. Like this this title belt's badass. So um yeah, you definitely want to enter. I mean entries are only one dollar a piece. So if y'all even if you don't win the free entries on today's show, jump on the website russellrumble.com, just throw in one dollar. You could potentially win this belt has to be valued at like this thing's gotta be like five hundred bucks or something, like online. I really I really don't even know the price, but it has to be 
at least $500, I would imagine, um, with like the material that it's made and, and how big it is and everything. So yeah, you can win it for $1. Or like we said, you just put Russell Rumble in the chat. We'll mention it throughout the show, but Russell Rumble in the chat gets you a uh, your name on the list at the end of the show. We're going to pick one name. Person gets 10 shots, you get 10 entries to win a badass world title replica for the AW World Championship. And then you can spray paint an X on it if you would like, mm. if you are uh, a fan of CM Punk or want to be like um, Ice Cube's son and prove your loyalty to WWE. That is also why he spray painted the X on it, he said. Have you not seen this? No, I haven't seen it. I missed that completely. What, ha- oh, what happened? You, you know Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr.? No, I know who Ice Cube is. Was his son? No. Was his son like a rapper, like a basketball player, or like he's, a, a, he's an actor? He's an, he's an actor. actor. Okay, yeah. I know, he I know, he I know, actually I know, played. I know, I know a lot of their. I know a lot of like like Lil Romeo and stuff. Like some of them like went into like collegiate sports, and I like just completely missed what happened beyond that. So he he actually played Ice Cube in Straight Outta Compton, the movie. Um, so oh, he played. Gotcha. So okay. if you've seen that movie, you you have seen some of his work. Uh, so he played his dad in that movie and yeah he's a big wrestling fan he, he tweets about it all the time but recently he had he had his replica AEW title and he spray painted the x through it and wow. he said well it was he's a big cm punk fan he's like well it's tribute to cm punk and he's also a big wwe fan because then he showed his uh replica wwe title as well and he that that is untouched for for him so wow hey what's what's his name i'm gonna follow him on on, on x Oh, 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 we're talking about an X and everything. I'm following him on X right now. What was his first name? Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. I yeah. If you just like Google O'Shea Jackson Jr. Oh, X I found him. Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yes. cool. I just I just followed him on uh, on Twitter. <laughs> I uh, yeah. His I mean his his profile picture is him holding a a, a wing or a uh, that's like the like the the late '90s version of the WWF Championship. Yeah, I like this guy already. Hell yeah. <laughs> I always like knowing wrestling fans are uh, are out there, you know. <laughs> even like to even uh, being at AEW this weekend, there was a lot of people. You know, I'm I love uh, the idea of winning replica title belts, but I'm not one of the kind of people who like would bring one to a show. Just not my style, and, and it's a lot of like it's a lot to keep up with, you know. Like I just want to go and like I want to have as like as little on me as possible. I just want to be like loose, hanging out at the show, but. Um, it was funny. I mean, like, like at the hotel I'm staying in, uh, I was running into replica title belts just left and right. Like, it was pretty funny, actually. Like, I like get out of a out of like the uh, hotel room and like turn one direction, and like before I even get to the to the elevator, there's someone holding a replica title belt, and then like I get out of the elevator, walk out of the elevator on like a different floor. There's someone else with a replica title belt. I'm just like, I'm I'm among my people right now. You know, what I mean, I can spot all the wrestling fans. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely an experience. Oh, and also I, I'll mention, I tweeted about it last night, but yeah, there was that one guy at, like, I was, I was putting ketchup on a hot dog. (laughs) Yeah. I will. I'm never sure with you if you are sending people or not, but I, uh, I was, I got a, I got, I was so hungry. I got two hot dogs and a drink and it probably cost me like 20 bucks. Actually, it's probably more than that. Yeah, it's probably like twenty five bucks. That's so overpriced. But Sounds like, about right. Yeah. So I got a. Yeah. They got me doing it. So I was I was doing a. I was putting like ketchup on my hot dog. I was so hungry. I was like, oh, I haven't ate like all day. Like this is gonna be so good. And 
the guy right next to me, like someone from across the way, like started it. That like, you just heard like the yeah, like from like you know, and um, and you could tell the guy next to me had been like waiting all night to be able to wait for this. <laughs> and he just yelled it, like he turned and like right into my ear. And like the first time I was just like, okay, just, just get the ketchup on the hot dog. Just get that, just get the ketchup. And then like, it kept going. Like a few more people did it. And he, and he, my guy next to me just like went off on it, like five in a row, just right. And I like, I, and like, I didn't even like do like the ketchup. I just, I just stood there. Like, I didn't like listen to it. And I was just like deciding like, Am I gonna say something to this guy? I'm, I wasn't gonna actually swing on him, but like, it's not crossed my mind. I was like, "You're gonna like, punch somebody... this fan for just being a wrestling fan, for not being self-aware enough to realize there was another human being this far away from his face, and he's yelling at the top of his lungs." It wouldn't have really mattered what he was yelling, but the fact that it was the L.A. Night, yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is the perfect combination to." To, to to get some right now you know what i mean i was like this is this is not good for this this guy needs to stop um but uh but i could you have I, taken him like if if you had, if you had swung on him could you have taken him of course jeremy come on okay i didn't it, i didn't know if he's like this big dude like <laughs> no come on. Come on. no i i know i this this wasn't this wasn't <laughs> this wasn't like any this is just like a regular Dude, I mean, if I, to be honest, probably 50 50. You know what I mean? Like, that's just as just as likely to kick my ass. You know what I mean? Just use use the but, Cody um, Rhodes street fight training, take down, just kind of grapple him a little bit, and yeah, he won't know what hit him. That's a line from Mighty Ducks 2 right there. They won't know what hit him. <laughs> Great line, Colton Reed, right there. You need the throwbacks this morning here in Duluth, Georgia, in the hotel room. Is my, is my signal any better? It's getting a little bit better. Yeah. It's okay. in and out. Well, or so, but but, you can, but it sounds like you can hear me just fine. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. audio's fine. Yeah. Okay, good. I respect right, your well, commitment to I respect your commitment to fighting LA Knight fans at AEW events. I respect it. Yeah, yeah. I you, you, we should probably get in well, <clears throat> do you want to get into AEW topics so I can talk a bit more about some of these shows that I was at? We can do that. We'll, we'll hit the AW. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. So AEW all in this weekend, Sunday, August 27th. Bill is the biggest wrestling event ever. And you know, with 80,000, over 80,000 fans in the stadium, probably is the biggest wrestling event ever. Um, we're not going to run down the entire card, but there is certainly plenty to talk about when it comes to this. And then Jensen has plenty to talk about when it comes to his experience last night at Dynamite and AEW Collision. So Jensen, I'm just going to turn it over to you. What's sticking out to you on this card? What are you most excited for? And then tie that into just everything that kind of happened last night with the build. Awesome. So, I mean, right now, now, according to Wikipedia, which is usually pretty up to date with uh, like wrestling and MMA stuff, um, I know it can, I, I can be not the best, for, like most reliable for some things, but like I'd honestly recommend rec- Wikipedia for like wrestling fans and MMA fans. Sometimes people update like really weird, like random stuff on there, like just like to troll people. But usually, like especially during MMA fights, like the results update super fast on there. Like there's always fans on there and stuff. So, anyways. As of right now, uh, what's official looks like 11 matches. 
Um, as far as like what's, I mean, the whole card sticks out like a sore thumb kind of because of like how random a lot of the matches are. But we've talked about that before. Where like this, this, <laughs> this was going to sell eighty thousand tickets without even, you know, mentioning or not even announcing a match. So yeah, they could like really kind of thousand before a match even got announced. Right. Exactly. So like they didn't necessarily need, um, like they could they could kind of. They don't want to put together bad matches, obviously, but you could tell some of this just seems random, probably because it's like, well, we want to get as many people as we can out there in front of 80,000 people on a show like this. Plus, tickets are already sold, and like wrestling fans are going to tune in. I mean, they, they should regardless. So, um, but as far as like, you know, all right, I'm going to start off with this real quick because this ties in with my experience last night. Um, Last night, um, during so spoiler alert, I, I'm going to talk about collision probably quite a bit on this. Um, so CM Punk was a part of this uh four on four match that they did for collision, it was a really good match. And, um, spoiler, spoiler alert, the uh, I, I found out the so I didn't know it was a mystery partner really at the time because you're just seeing it live kind of as it's happening, but Hook is the mystery partner for people who might not know and i have to mention that because i mean i would probably bring it up during this anyways so the match was really good after um I, you know and you know i have video of his entrance and stuff and i'm booing and i got some good material out of uh out of the, i got really lucky that the, the the whole road that i was in was was hating on cm punk so like i wasn't <laughs> and what was so funny was i was just you know i was in four i was fourth row on the floor and i was like I stood for almost the entire time and I was just like, cause like, you know, people in front of me are standing, otherwise I'd be sitting, but you know, you gotta be able to see over people and stuff in those seats. So, <clears throat> but I was really like in a zone where I probably didn't say, you know, but 10 words, the entire, like first, like three hours I was there, like two, two and a half hours. I was there probably like throughout in the, like all of dynamite, like I'm like next to these strangers that, like big wrestling fans, I can hear talking about like independent wrestling stuff. But I'm just in a zone where I was like, I was with a, another friend of mine, and we were just sitting, I was just like just watching the show, just like taking it in, just enjoying enjoying the show, didn't say anything. And then like when CM Punk came out for collision, I like whipped my phone out and I just started booing. And they're probably like, wait, this psycho hasn't said one thing for three hours. And now he's just booing CM Punk. Like, okay. And then I hear them. They just start yelling, CM suck, CM suck, and someone out, and they're worst in the world, worst in the world. And I'm like, wait, we're all booing CM Punk right now. I was like, I'm not like this is a this is an anti-CM Punk city for the most part. This is pretty crazy. So the match happens. Match was really good. At one point, there was a chant that I've never heard before, Jeremy, directed towards one CM Punk. It was a it changed three times. And this will this will be edited. I'm almost sure. So what wound up happening was, it started as a CM Punk sucks chant. It was CM Punk sucks. CM Punk sucks. And then it became CM Punk sucks. You know, so the CM Punk chant there is CM Punk, and the so the sucks. CM Punk sucks. But the CM Punk side starts dying down super fast. And all you hear, and Caden was in the was in the arena for like 
a few seconds, all you hear was sucks, 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 sucks. Cause there was no one chanting for CM Punk and everyone just kept doing the sucks part of it. So I was like, this is wild. Like CM Punk is getting booed to the point where they're like, people just collectively just know they're just yelling sucks, sucks, sucks. I was like, this is, this is pretty wild. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing all this up is not to be a CM Punk hater. It's actually quite the opposite. Really? Really? All this is not to no. be a CM Punk hater? This is, this is, a, big, this is a big swerve. <laughs> Kate and Caden um, in the chat, I'm going to pull this up. Caden says, this is true. See? And I, like I said, I, I'd imagine they added it to where, because it's going it would sound really strange on TV. But after the match, okay, first CM Punk, and normally this would bother me because I was – it's already a long show. We have dynamite and collision and like, you know, you know, I don't want to be there all night. I love wrestling, but I want to be, I'm yelled. I, I left raw after one hour. You know what I mean? I saw Cody and, and bounced pretty much so like, you know, I, so I, but I wasn't going to do that at dynamite and, or, or collision AEW in general. But after the match, CM Punk took the time to like walk all the way around the ring up the entrance ramp talked to so many fans took so many pictures like he was legitimately walking i could overhear him talking to some people like that were like telling him like personal stuff you know like just really like this guy's their hero you know what i mean and he was like are you feeling okay like are, are, are you like are you doing okay you know what i mean like in like they were like he was like seemed genuinely interested and cared that his fans wanted to like be there up against the guardrail and like like really like have a chance to talk to him. And then he got it. And then he grabbed a fan's Terry Funk forever sign. I got probably the best picture I've ever gotten in my life of him holding that sign. I got like through a fan's hands, like as he was clapping, it's on my Twitter. Um, And he got that, he got that sign and like cut this incredible promo about like how you need to remember legends and, and like how you have to like respect, you have to like really like, like, uh really uh what's the word not enjoy but like cherish like kind of like the like like the type of like sting is still around like you have to like appreciate that is what i'm getting at um and if guys like terry funk you know exist and they they you know are talked about in like a positive light after they pass that's really all that life can like all you could really hope out of life is like you know those kind of things and stuff and it was a really really good promo and honestly, coming out of it, I was like, listen, I think CM Punk's a jerk. I y'all know I don't like the guy for a lot of reasons. But like when you get when he pulls a layer back like that and you see like him being you know nice to people and like how much people care about him and the, the nice stuff that he said about Terry Funk, the nice stuff that he said about so many other legends in that promo. I hope that promo airs, by the way. I, it was like after it was after his match and collision. It really was like because it, it's strange because during the match, he's doing the, the Hollywood Hogan. He's doing like he's like getting a ton of heat. But then after the match, he like was the ultimate baby face. And I was like, this is it's a very strange dynamic. It's interesting. I, I actually like it. I'm, I'm it's 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 pretty fun as a wrestling fan. And I have to give him credit. Like Phil Brooks, the human being, like he uh like he 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 gained a lot of points with me last night. Like how he how he how he treated the fans um, and and everything he said after his match. So, are you saying that the CM Punk on screen persona maybe is not who CM Punk is in real life? Well, I mean, I never, 
I never, I never thought that was the same thing to begin with. I'm not, I'm not, but like, but because the stuff that I don't like about CM Punk is more the backstage stuff, the personal stuff that you. Well, what if he's just playing stuff. a character backstage? That's not who he actually is. He's trying to create the the drama to bring it to on screen, and then so they don't want to do it on screen. So you're suggesting he's like Jim Carrey and Man in the Moon, like method yeah. acting, dude. That would annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> If I do, I, lo- I love that man, the man on the moon movie, um, back in the day, but, uh, back in the day, man, I kind of have saying that, but, um, I saw that documentary on Netflix about it years back. And I was like, dude, if this guy was around me, if I was his parents and he was talking to me as if he was my, my deceased son and stuff like that, like that was weird as hell seeing that. Um, that said, no, I wouldn't. Cause the reason being Jeremy, I think, cause I think most professional, even MJF isn't isn't doing that backstage like he's not walking around like being a dick to everybody in real life i mean okay maybe, maybe he is jeremy maybe, maybe he is um it's kind of hard to keep a job irl if you act like that around people like for real you know not in um, wrestling and that's true i mean to a degree you can wrestling is one of the few uh professions where you could have zero friends whatsoever but draw money and like you could just have like your own locker room and just stay away from people just yeah I mean, not not that Brock Lesnar is is hated or anything like that, but he's basically treated that way. It's like own locker room, own plane, come in first match of the show, leave before the second match, you know, back home before the third match. So, yeah. Anyway, no, you're right. <laughs> uh, I I love that you stayed silent throughout the entire time and then just still mustered up the energy to to just boo and heckle. CM Punk. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the young bucks are in control of the editing this week on Collision, and they'll they'll turn those chants up. They'll be louder than what you heard in the arena. They're EVPs. I feel like they should be able to do something with the editing if they really wanted to. So, guess we'll find out on Saturday. Watch Collision. If you hear those chants or not, you know they they are there. Steven Jensen has told you those chants are there. We'll see if they are very loud or non-existent. And Caden, who is there also, also said that they they, they yeah, confirmed no, what I said. So yeah, no one cares about him. No one his opinion doesn't actually matter. Man, and I also saw Caden said that he he has a t-shirt for me that I we he didn't give me again last night. Second second show in a row that we've been at where he it's, I it's, think mm-hmm. I think Caden is a complete liar on this stuff. <laughs> it's because possible. He he's apparently had a wedding gift for me or birthday <laughs> gift for me. And this was, a wedding was like a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now at this point, like you can mail it. I, I don't know if I, I'm going to see you at a show, <laughs> but mail exists. You can certainly do that. Um, so I, I think he is a liar and just says these things to make it seem like he has a gift and he actually has none of this. That's, That's my theory. Funny. That's what I'm going with. That's funny. All right. But yeah, um, I mean, but I'll like to add on to the like the the collision and punk stuff though. Like, so they're they're like you know that's you know I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that were waiting for me to say some nice stuff about CM Punk, and I genuinely, you know, I genuinely can say that like I I I really really appreciated what he did last night as a fan. Now, um, the rest of the experience really really positive. Um, they need to figure something out. Although it's like, it's tough. Cause when you're sitting in the fourth row, like well, not even just the fourth row, when you're sitting anywhere, but the first row, when you're on the floor, everything is dependent on 
the um if, if people in the front row are standing or not you know what i mean because then like everyone has to stand to be able to see over those people i wish they had something figured out to where like that wouldn't happen so often because i know there was a lot of people that were just like oh my god please just sit down like so we can so we can see so we can sit but um outside of that like the everything else was was awesome and the actual dynamite show was great um it was really cool seeing santana and ortiz so like that was that's actually happening so that was like heavily rumored santana and ortiz would be on the Bible combat club team for all in so we got, got that um i got to see like most of the major aw stars i got to see sting wrestle on collision which like i didn't expect to see sting wrestle but you know him being in atlanta like he's always gonna sting's always atlanta's always gonna be sting country like so it's really cool that he because the last time i went to an aw show the one when cody went through the flaming table with on table with andrade um sting wrestled on that one as well so it's cool that he getting to see sting matches i think he wrestled at state farm also if i remember correctly i could be wrong he might not have been an aw when at that point yet i don't think he was yet um but uh but yeah it was uh oh and Hayden said he he gave a gift to will watching i didn't get to see will i shot him a message but i didn't hear back i don't know uh if he got busy or i didn't see my my dm or what but i hope to see will so i got i got to link up with will at uh at this was a long time ago already i got to link up with him at terminus one um which was here in atlanta but it's good see that will's doing so well as well that, that's a tough thing to say will's doing so well as well um but uh but yeah so but what stood out for you on dynamite jeremy or like what stands up for you on all in and then i can elaborate a little more on collision if there's like more to get into with that i mean the mjf and adam cole is the main event for all in and they were all over the show last night they had the two sit-down interviews with, with renee two separate sit-down interviews um, and Renee, they, they replayed the, the highlights of their friendship and feud and Renee's trying to start some shit, uh, in that. And, you know, they're trying to downplay it a little bit and, but also make people know that like, yeah, okay, we're friends and everything and fr- brothers fight brothers hug. I Cole's like, I'm going after this title. This is, this is what's going to happen. Um, and then the main event segment with Aussie open where, you know, they help each other run off Aussie Open and MJF catches the super kick from Cole because uh, I think it was Fletcher who, who ducked and then they kind of got in each other's faces. But they still hugged and celebrated and were happy going into uh, going into All In is this being the, the main event. They are best friends who can coexist. Now they're going to fight in the main event of All In. This is the biggest match on the show. It was the, the biggest thing that stood out for me on Dynamite. And I'm looking forward to the actual match. I think they've done it in a, a very fun way, a way that I didn't expect. I think everybody kind of expected the turn to happen at some point and you get this blood match uh, in, in a way going into all in, but instead it's like, no, here we got, we got two guys challenging for the ROH tag team titles. I feel like unless they make a late addition between now and Sunday, if it is just Aussie open against MJF and Adam Cole, it feels like they're going to win these titles. Because I don't see them. Why would you pin a main event competitor on the pre-show and then be like, hey, watch them in the main event. I know the money's already paid and everything, but that kind of downplays your main event a little bit if you just watch this guy lose four hours before they're competing for the AW world title in the main event. 
So it feels like they're winning the ROH tag team titles on the pre-show. And then that's a way to extend the partnership. And then you go into the the main event with, with them too. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's just so strange because it makes zero sense at all for Adam Cole and MJF to be the ROH tag team t- uh, champions. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just makes no sense for them to hold those titles. They're not a part of that show. I know MJF <coughs> has the lineage, or sorry, Adam Cole has the, the, the history there, of course. But like, what I would think, <coughs> excuse me, what, what would be incredible to me, and this might be completely unrealistic, but this is a, a total just pipe dream, would be is if something happened where like maybe MJF gets like taken out backstage or something like, so that like Adam Cole needs a different partner for the pre-show and it wound up being Kyle O'Reilly and like they won the ROH side team titles, like something like, like that would be awesome. Like, but I mean, that's just like a total just fantasy booking type thing for me. Well, because that the thing is like, realistically speaking, Aussie open should like, they should just retain and continue to be the ROH side team champions. But like, like you said, it's very, it's a very weird idea to pin or submit or whatever. I mean, maybe you can do like a DQ or like a count out or something, I guess. Um, but like, that's not a great way to open a show in front of, or, you know, I don't know if it's the first match of the show or if it'll be like, you know, like the third or whatever. Like, I don't know when on the, it feels like it's the, it's going to be first on the pre-show. Tony's yeah, kind of hinted does. enough and said enough to where it's going to be first. I think they want that Adam Cole, MJF pop to be the first thing everyone hears. Like that music's going to hit. Everyone's going to go crazy. I think that's what they, they want the first impression to be on the pre-show. I think you're right. And then it's weird for like, if they either lost or... Yeah, it's not like a DQ or something. It's going to kind of like suck the energy out of that place because they're going to want to celebrate a win for them and everything. And they're, they're going to want to see the double clothesline. I don't I don't know, man. I don't know why they even – they shouldn't – and honestly, just the risk alone – I talked about this with Doug a little bit on Tuesday. Just the risk alone is like – I mean, knock on wood, but like imagine if something ha- like happened in that – pre-show match to somebody like you're like you're that close to the to the main event of fans already bought in on adam culver and versus mjf as a as a partnership and as a and and as a a, a rivalry and a match and everything they're they're already sold on it you don't really need to do them this match on the pre-show at all um the whole the whole booking of everything is weird and and it's even it may, it's even weird because all outs in a week and we don't even know what's on that show still. So like I don't this is like the weirdest. It's it's fun as a fan. Like I'm I can't I'm looking forward to all this stuff, but like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. A lot of it. But people people in the chat, uh, Michael McCormick says it makes sense for them to lose on the pre show. They're gonna fall apart and actually go at each other's throats in the main event. That I can buy that of like Adam Cole takes the loss, MJF. I guess MJF maybe would have to take the law. No, I don't like the champion getting pinned Me again. Either. But like see, you- MJF doesn't care about the ROH tag team title. He didn't want to do that whole bit. Like it was Cole who suggested, hey, let's go after these titles. Um, right. So if so, if Adam Cole gets pinned, MJF's probably like, uh, that sucks that we lost, but I don't think he's going to be like disappointed that they lost unless they've now. 
I guess you could buy in that uh, MJF, it's, it's been built to where, oh, he actually does care about winning these titles now. And he is disappointed mm-hmm. that he didn't get the chance to, that he didn't get the chance to win the tag team titles with his friend. But then he, that turns in him into a bitter person. It's MJF. I guess you could switch it like that. And Cole takes a loss because he like saves MJF. And I don't, I, I go back to this a lot. Uh, when Adam Cole lost lost to Orange Cassidy in the unsanctioned match, uh, and then a week later steps to Hangman Page and wants a shot at the world title, I was like, I know that loss does not count on your record because it was an unsanctioned lights out match. We all saw you get pinned. We all saw Orange Cassidy right. beat you, dude. Like, so just them taking a pin in the pre-show and then going into the main event. I don't know. People are mentioning kind of the kingdom uh, and, you know, why Solable says, if you're worried about them losing on the pre-show, consider if they won, they'd have to lose the belts to an ROH tag team. There's no one I can see beating them. Yes, except the kingdom. Shytown Spurs also says, I can see the kingdom getting involved. If they win the titles, which at this point I am expecting, you can lose them in a triple threat. You, and then they don't have to get pinned in, in that deal. And that's honestly what I am expecting. I do think they're going to win. And then I do think they lose in some type of three-way, four-way. ROH, AEW loves their multi-man ladder matches. Look, you get MJF and Adam Cole on an ROH pay-per-view as well. Like, you kind of help boost that somewhat. It's not like they got to actually appear and wrestle on the ROH proper show. Claudio barely does that. He just does these backstage segments and stuff. You can tape those during Dynamite and just air them on... uh, on the ROH show. So I think they're going to win. And then I think when they do eventually lose them, likely to the kingdom, it'll probably be some three-way match or maybe Adam Cole. That's when he turns on MJF, depending on how long they hold him. He turns on MJF and he joins, he reestablishes the kingdom with Roddy and Taven and uh, Bennett. Yeah. That's, I, I really like that. I don't know which way this is going because someone's turning. They heavily implied it's going to be, well, they in in both of in their own ways, both of them imply that they're going to turn. But the one that's being more obvious about it at the moment is Adam Cole. Um, he sounds a lot to me like uh, like early two thousands Triple H, like the, like when he like was starting to become the game when he was like, like Adam Cole talking about like needing to win this match. And also similar like uh, Steve Austin WrestleMania seventeen, like I need to win this match, I'll do anything I have to do to win this match. You know, and then he turned like I, I can see. But also part of me thinks that they're doing that so that we think that that's it's like a red herring. And like all along it is Adam or it is MJF that's going to turn because because why wouldn't he? He's MJF, you know, he's the devil. So like. It's hard, but I, I like not knowing where it's where this is heading. And <clears throat> the other thing is like. This being on the pre-show, this tag team match we're talking about. That messes things up too because if this was on the main show, maybe you do the actual turn there, but you wouldn't want to do that on the pre-show because on like the main show, you could even do something where like I'm not saying this is the best idea, but you could do something along the lines of you know whoever's turning just leaves the match and like the other guy just gets the hell beat out of him by the other tag team and it's like a whole plan where it's like okay this guy's gonna be softened up for the main event now you know what i mean like so i think that i think you actually can do that like i think you can do 
MJF or Adam Cole just leaving the other. I don't like any of these guys taking a pin on this. Uh, maybe I'm just Same. too stuck. Maybe I'm just too stuck on the visual of the guy taking an actual loss before, uh, you know, on the pre-show before this main event. But if it is a two-on-one type thing, or or maybe it is MJF who leaves. MJF just decides that he walks out, he's done, and then here comes Roddy Strong to come be Adam Cole's tag team partner, and Adam Cole and Roddy Strong win these titles, and then they don't. Neither has to take a loss. You now have the ROH tag team titles on Cole and Strong. And now Cole has a lot more fire going into the main event. Of like, you just left me out there. And then he has a real reason to be mad at MJF. And that is the, that's basically the turn right there is MJF just leaving Adam Cole. I know people want a more like uh, bloody, uh, uh, like bloody turn of, of, uh, he backstabs him. He like lays into him. He uh, basically a physical turn. This is it's not a physical turn here. She's walking out on the guy, but maybe this is the way you do the turn is MJF leaves. What you could do. And now that I'm getting like really fancy booking in my own head. And this is also because I don't have to work directly after this today. So I have a little time to like, and think some stuff out here today with, what if they just did this, Jeremy? It, it's a mixture of all of our ideas. Because this, once again, the, the, would throw some of this off as being on the pre-show. Like, because you wouldn't want to do the turn, like an actual turn on the pre-show, right? Because that'd be really weird Why? to do that on the Because it's a pre-show. Because, like, it's not, it's not the paper. Like, I don't think that many people are going to watch the pre-show. In comparison to the, especially in comparison to who, how many people would watch Dynamite last night. Like, you might as well have just done it on Dynamite if you were going to do, like, a turn, not on the pay-per-view. And I don't, and like pre-show, that's different than the actual, you know, I don't think as many people would see it on the, on I think the more people are going to watch the pre-show than watch the pay-per-view. Pre-show's I mean, free I on YouTube. Yes, technically that could happen because it's free and people, yeah, but. Oh, I, sorry, I, I I'll tell second. you, like, I'll tell you what the viewership numbers are for the uh, pre-show for Double or Nothing. It's at 306 views that was the double or nothing pre-shows that's that's on youtube that's just the youtube portion that's not anywhere else you can watch it that's more buys than than they're going to get so i think plenty of people will watch the pre-show but how many of those were the difference is how many of those are live though because like a lot of those views are going to be after the fact like there wasn't a hundred three hundred thousand people watching it live and that's if there was if there was you know you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a big difference between how many people are tuning in on YouTube as it's happening versus that number you just read out. I so think like, I think there's plenty of people watching it live. Again, this is just the YouTube. You can watch the pre-show on like Fight. You can watch it through whatever VR, streaming method. Probably. Yeah, you yeah. wanna you wanna <laughs> watch it through. I I think there's plenty of people watching it live. And I know okay. even buy rates are not completely oh it was only this many viewers like if a show does a hundred thousand buys obviously people are watching it through other means and then it's not it's more than a hundred thousand people but it's a free show youtube like plenty of people watch these uh all in uh or buy-in shows so that's that's fair. I, I think the viewership will be there that's fair so so let's we'll, we'll just say all right with it but it will at the end of the day it is on the pre-show so like 
<clears throat> it's on the pre-show and this is where you could use this to your advantage if you book it this way and once again this is a mixture of all of our ideas here you can do an angle where mjf is quote-unquote late to the stadium for whatever reason they can say it's travel issues visa issues <clears throat> whatever like they can just say like he's like he's the main event of the show but like He's he's missing the, the pre-show. He's not here on time for the pre-show. Adam Cole needs a partner. That way, no one's actually turned. But it's it's heavily implied that MJF is just no showing. But like it's but it's framed as a viewer into MJF and Adam Cole and everybody as MJF is late to the building because of travel issues in the UK. And then you do Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. The two they they win the tag the ROA tag titles together. That actually makes sense. The two of them being the already side team champions, you could do something going forward with that. And they win those obviously as baby faces. They get massive pop, massive cheer, like all's good. Adam Cole still won the already side titles. He's with Roddy. And we know that we're still going to get Adam Cole versus MJF in the main event. <clears throat> um, but in the main event, Adam Cole turns on MJF. So like you still get Adam Cole and Roderick Strong turning his heels by the end of the show. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could you could basically swerve everybody at the beginning of the show into thinking MJF has turned because he's he no shows the the tag match, but in reality he actually did have travel issues and like he didn't mean to miss the match. And Adam Cole turns on him, you know. So I I think you could maybe do something like that where you can get around having anyone lose either the main event people losing in the in the opener, and then you can still get the Adam Cole heel turn, or at the end of the day. MJF can still just turn because he's MJF. But how do you feel about that idea of like kind of what I just laid out? No, I'm I'm fine with that because it's it's similar to what I was saying of you do get Cole and Strong winning the titles and it, nobody has to take a loss on whether it's MJF or Adam Cole. And then MJF and Adam Cole technically don't win the titles, but Cole and Strong win them. You get you get the main event that you're going to get, and whether they do a turn or whether they whoever turns whether it's mjf or adam cole in that sense you add a little extra heat to the main event you have a more clear divide in the main event baby face heel as opposed to right now it's just two baby faces in the main event oh I, somebody mentioned um you know adam cole and mjf just have a match they win or whoever wins wins and then roddy strong comes out and attacks afterwards if you're closing this show with roddy strong standing tall <laughs> You better be prepared to make him the face of the company for ever. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. 
You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Because it's a big show to have Roddy Strong stand tall at the at the end of it. Um, but yeah, I could... Yeah. I, I can see the walkout scenario or the late scenario, and then you get Cole and Strong winning the titles. I can definitely see that yeah. playing out in that way. One thing, though, that like that I hope we do see, especially in front of eighty thousand people, though, is the double clothesline. I really would like to see the pop that that gets because people are just being in to see that thing. And also, that's that's where honestly they've built up the kangaroo kick and the double clothesline yeah. so much that people are going to be very mad if they don't get that. So if MJF walks out, that's the real heel turn. Is you've denied us of the double clothesline and kangaroo kick. Exactly. But the one thing that has been in the back of my mind about the double clothesline is that's like the perfect if somebody is going to turn because you're holding each other's hands basically and it's like one guy could just pull the other one in and you know clothesline him and that's an easy an easy heel turn right there like the fans are going crazy looking for the the double clothesline you just you basically set up for a rainmaker right there boom so um look out for that too potentially uh for everyone watching like as they go for the double clothesline that'd be a really easy opportunity for whoever whoever's going to turn to turn so there you go, Jensen calling the shot with that. Um, what else from All In? We had some big changes coming out of uh, Dynamite. I'll kind of quickly run those down. But Ray Phoenix was taken out of Stadium Stampede. And so the best friend side, Orange Cassidy and Eddie Kingston and Penta, is now it's going to be five on five. And then Santana and Ortiz are added to the Blackpool Combat Club side. They They made their return. Last night, they are siding with Moxley, Yuta, and Claudio. So instead of six on six, it is now five on five. Um, AR Fox was taken out of the coffin match. Swerve dropped him from the group. Christian Cage will now team with Swerve against Darby Allen and Sting. No, 
Christian. Cage. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I, Brian Cage came uh, with uh, with Swerve uh, last yeah. night. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Christian Cage will now team with uh, with Swerve against Darby Allen and Sting. And then Tony Khan announced this. It, it wasn't. Uh, it was part of the. Um, it was part of Collision. So, look, I, I'm probably spoiling it because it is a Collision spoiler. Tony Khan's on record of saying this is on AW restricted. We're getting Jungle Boy Jack Perry against Hook for the FTW title, and also Billy Gunn made his return to help the acclaimed, and we're going to get Billy Gunn and the acclaimed against House of Black in a trios match. Thoughts on the kind of additions and subtractions to the card? Yes. So I was I was surprised when they booted AR Fox out of Mogul Embassy. <clears throat> Brian Cage came out and attacked him. Um, Brian Cage is super huge in person too. Like being like that close to the ring, just like just massive. Um, then he came out with the Sting face paint for the main event, which it's cool that he does that. But he also isn't Sting. But I get it. Um, I uh, I, I also <laughs> the the Christian Cage promo he cut on uh, that dude on Nick just... Wayne was savage. It, it's it's wild that Christian's gimmick now is just like attack people whose parents have passed. Like that's like the that's the that's like the coldest gimmick I've like ever seen. But um, he's getting massive heat. Like, Christian is a pure heel right now. I mean, I even lose credit for that. But that's that's rough. Yes, Christian just completely you know buried. And he, he buried the dead. Yeah, he's like, I know you had a father, buddy. And here your father's dead. Uh, so that's yeah, it's brutal. Like, yeah, but I, I um, the hook was on collision. He came out and he, uh, he beat up Jack Perry. And I gotta say, I, it's been growing on me week after week. But I love Jack Perry as a heel. Like he is becoming one of my favorite guys in all of wrestling right now. Like I think I think it just I think the whole thing just works really well for him. Um especially after that that RVD match. I just saw him like a different light. Like I know that might sound weird to some people because like RVD is like, you know, he's past his prime and stuff, but he can still go. Like I think RVD's still pretty darn good for like 50, whatever he is. But um but for whatever reason during that match, I just saw Jack in like a different light. And then now I've gotten more used to like the theme music and stuff and his new look. And so I, I, I think it's, I think it's working really well. Um, I'm trying to think of like, uh, well, of course you mentioned, you know, Phoenix getting taken out. So and I wonder why AR got taken off. I, I know that some, some of these guys like may legitimately have issues like getting into the UK for like various reasons. So like, I, I'd imagine that probably plays into like who can and can't go and like possible changes and stuff. But I really, I, and the reason I bring that up with AR is because it seems, it seemed abrupt because his teaming with Swerve just started. And I thought it was perfect for both guys. It was like, yeah, it didn't make sense to, to end that. Um, I, luckily, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I would say when it comes to Fox, it does seem like it might be travel related and he's not able to, to go to the show, which if that's the case, that's unfortunate. Um, and I don't know when they found out about that, if they could have done it sooner, they could have made this change and then, but not completely split swerve 
and Fox. It, it could have because I did like that pairing. And also with okay, our Fox just went to Nick Wayne's house and bloodied him up and uh you know beat the hell out of him. And then Darby's like, it's all good, man. But we we forgive this. It's okay. Sting and Darby attack Fox at the school. It's like, yeah, it's fine. We're 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 okay. It, it's cool. All's forgiven because Swerve just dropped you. Um it kind of undermined that big angle, which I really liked uh, a few weeks ago with Swerve and AR Fox attacking Nick Wayne. I would have preferred if they, all right, they, they have to write around uh, Fox not being able to go. I get that. You got to get around that somehow. Could have just been hey, Fox loses the match to Nick Wayne. If this is how you're going to book it, by the way, that you could certainly, there are a bunch of different angles you could do. Um, but if you're going to book this tag team match, Fox loses to Nick Wayne. I don't know. They clearly didn't want to do like another injury angle since I just did that with Phoenix. Um, but he loses to Nick Wayne and then Swerve just does look, you're my guy. It, it, this doesn't change anything between us, but I, I can't, I don't know. I don't know if you, if I can trust you in this big match, kind of the same promo, just without the actual attack. Just, I don't know if I can trust you in this. And then Fox is disappointed. And then you got a little bit of tension, but then you got Fox like trying to work to, to prove himself and to uh, work his way back into Swerve's good graces after losing. But you don't actually do this full-on turn that they did to keep him out of the group. Yeah, I mean, they they could have easily wrote around this, with, especially even with the storyline that's already happened up to this point. You could have easily just done something where like <clears throat> where where it's like, based on the footage or maybe like additional footage or they, they record something where like AR Fox, you know, in, in that attack at Nick Wayne's school, like attack someone else or like, you know, something they can make it just be like, he went way past the line and like got arrested for it. And like, can't be at the, you know what I mean? Like they could, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying like, they could have easily done something where like he gets taken off this, like you can take him off the show without kicking him out of the group and making it and giving them a reason why he couldn't be, in the UK, it could literally be as simple as like they go back to Nick Wayne's school. Like he goes back by himself, and there's like security camera footage of him going in there and beating down Nick again, or beating down one of his family members again, or something like that. And the cops get called; they they take him away, and it's like he's he's not going to be in the UK this weekend. I actually, like that. I you know actually I mean? really, <laughs> yeah, I actually really like if they do. Uh, it goes too far, and like, all right, dude, yeah, you can't go back there. It's security camera footage. I like that. I was, you know, I was booking based on, okay, you booked this tag team match last night. And so you got to write around this tag team match, but theoretically you don't have to do this tag team match. You could have booked something else over this tag team match as a way to get them out. And the, and the way you could have easily done that is if you already announced the tag team match, fine. Cause I don't know when they found out. So here, here's, here's the thing is like, I don't know when they found out about when Fox would, be unable to go and when they announced the tag team match they, the tag team match was announced last week so when did they find out that fox wasn't able to go uh you could still do the arrest thing you could have honestly just had swerve and ar fox win last night they pinned nick wayne it's it's fine and then afterwards show the footage of fox going too far gets arrested and then you gotta figure out christian cage into the mix type of thing or you show the footage beforehand and Fox can't do the tag team match last night. Luchasaurus takes Fox's place in the tag team match. Luchasaurus pins Nick Wayne. So then you're helping the TNT title match for All Out as well with Darby and Nick Wayne. 
or Darby and a Luchasaurus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that, there's, there's so many moving parts with all this. And someone else also mentioned, um, I'm going to pull this up. T5 the Great mentioned um, Fox is working as a mole, gets back to Darby just to stomp him, and he's still with Swerve. I could see something like that maybe happening because, like, Swerve, because, like, last night AR Fox didn't really get physical with mobile embassies, if I remember correctly. Like, he just got kicked out of the group. Darby gave him his hand, and then they just like stared down like from the ring, and the rest of them were on. No, the they left ring. by that point. They never, he didn't have a chance to get physical. He got beat up. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is like we never. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know, man. It'd be weird to like turn him and then turn him back so fast, but they already they just did that though. Like he was a baby face a few weeks ago and then turned to, to join Swerve. And then luckily for them, they have all the history between Darby and AR that they can like fall back on. And also, I gotta mention this. AR was basically cheered as a baby face last night, anyways, because of all the fans he has in Atlanta because of WWA four and everything. And also Teriyaki and like, some of the students were like in the were security guards last night during dynamite and stuff so that was cool to see but um but yeah so like ar was already getting cheered last night so like if you were gonna turn him baby face last night was the place to do it but i do still think it's a miss in my opinion for AEW to to break up ar fox and and swerve as a tag team or or as a stable however they, what they were doing was working so uh, anything else from from All In? We got Stadium Stampede. I thought the Jericho and Osprey segment last night was really good. Uh, added, I think the match is going to be good anyway. I the promo sold me on the match more as someone who just didn't have a ton of investment outside of like, oh, okay, cool, Chris Jericho, Will Osprey. I got more invested in this with that promo last night from from those two. Yeah, and Will Osprey mentioned that his contract's up in six months as well, which is obviously okay. Okay, let me let me get. Get this out of the way. I understand it's contract news. Everyone loves this. It's very well known his contract expires in February 2024. He has said this so many times. And maybe I'm just so far in my wrestling news bubble that, you know, I know this and I've been knowing this. I mean, I can literally Google. I can Google Will Ospreay contract Fightful and... Oh, here we go. What, what do we have? Will Ospreay confirms his New Japan contract is up February 2024. This was written in April 2023. So Will Ospreay is under contract for, for five years. This was written in 2019. When is 2019? Uh, five years later, 2024. It's not new. Right. Okay. January but 2023. Has- Will Ospreay says my deal is up next year. As he mentioned, not on, news. as he mentioned on television before, I don't know if he's actually said it on television. because like it's a pretty big deal to like go on AWTV and like make it known that he's he's going to be free in six months because like most he of the fan base probably didn't know that he's mentioned um, it so much. Now all this fan base is online. Are you kidding me? I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, that's fair. Will Ospreay Backs on his 2024 free agency. I'm fairly positive New Japan and I will work out a deal. This was written in April. It, it, it's known. 
It's very well known. I do agree okay. that like actually saying it on TV makes it seem like it's a, a much bigger deal, but this is not anything super new that Osprey's contract is up in February, 2024. And he's been okay. very open and honest saying like, I'm probably sticking with new Japan. So what you heard last night on television was a lot of, Hey, let me work and try to get a little bit more money out of this whole deal because the actual will Osprey who does these interviews, who is not working and trying to hype up a big match basically says I'm sticking with new Japan. Well, I've heard that he, like, he just, he likes where he lives and like, it's just way easier for him to work for new Japan logistically and stuff is what I've like, what I've understood, what I understand. Obviously he has a great role in new Japan as well. Like he's, he's treated like a massive star there, but dude, all in all honesty, I mean, I've been saying this about Will Ospreay for a while. Like, I, I know he's, he's been one of the best in-ring wrestlers in the world for a while. Right now, he might be the most complete, just overall, just best professional wrestler in the world, like, anywhere. Um, and, like, last night, and I've been saying this, too, ever since he came to AEW, there's just a difference when you can get, like, the women in the audience to be, like, just in love with you. There were people with signs, you know, Will Ospreay's daddy and just 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 screeching at him you know and i'm like as i see this guy i saw him in the ring and what was so funny someone in the crowd yelled out they were like because you know you always get these people who like they've been waiting all year to like say anything in public probably like this like they just they blurt out these these phrases during wrestling shows and like sometimes they hit but most of the time they miss sometimes they get some courtesy laughs from like the people around them in their section but this one guy yelled out Will Ospreay dresses like a child. And I looked over and he yelled it. And it was a grown man holding a replica title belt. And I was like, like, come on, man. Like, and anyway, but my point is, Will Ospreay, if he's available in six months and AEW has any opportunity to sign him, Tony Khan not only needs to sign Will Ospreay, they need to immediately put the AEW World Championship on him. Like, he is, like, he is the one. Like, outside of the WWE, he is the one. He is, he is the AJ Styles in early 2000 TNA to me of, like, he is the guy outside of the WWE who is, who has the most potential to be just a, just the star of professional wrestling. That guy has it all. I mean, the in-ring He's put on a lot of size. The last time I saw him live, he was way smaller. I mean, it's just like, he's just, oh, he's looking good. The women love him. The dudes think he's cool. Like everything about him, like he's just, he's hitting. And like, you know that every match he has is going to be a banger against everybody. Like you can have high expectations and he hits them every time. So like, he, he's the guy. He's the guy. Like, and I don't say that about many people. I say that about Cody Rhodes. And then pretty much the only other person I'm saying it about right now is Will Ospreay. Um, so I'm definitely on that hype train massively right now. Um, Chris Jericho, I think, is the GOAT, pro wrestling GOAT, best of all time. But Ospreay needs to beat him in Wembley. Um, and all, hopefully we get Ospreay versus... This match. I mean, listen, I would love to see Jericho win like as a Jericho fan. But... Um, also, I really hope we get Will Ospreay versus Sam Guevara coming out of this as well at some point because I think that match would be absolutely incredible. So, um, and I, yeah, I love Will Ospreay. People have said bruv in the chat. 
I love just the the he's just it's just it's just, it's something different. Like I, I like different in wrestling, you know, the different accent, the different just way of talking. You know, the, there's there's some people that you know uh, kind of make fun of it. They're like, you know, when he says bro, they kind of chuckle, and I'm like, that's just how people oh. talk other places. Like that actually sounds cool to me. Like I like that. So, I pop for the bruv every single yeah. time. I was, <laughs> I, I mark out for bruv. I don't mark out for a lot. Just but him saying bruv just pops me so yeah. much. <laughs> but he's 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 the man. Will Osprey is the man. Uh, so, um, yeah, I love the stuff between him and Jericho last night. I'm very much looking forward to that at All In. And <clears throat> I think there was one other thing I was going to mention. If I can remember, I'm just looking through the card real quick. It was cool seeing the Elite live, of course. Um, but like, like their, with their entrance and everything, um, was there something, oh man, there was something else. If I, if I remember, I'll, uh, if I remember, I'll come back to it, but that was pretty much, that was pretty much my experience at, uh, at AW. It was a, it was a good one. As far as like collision, as far as collision, anything else that you would need to know, um, it was like a good three-on-three match with like Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston involved and stuff. Um, the Renegade Twins were on Collision. Uh, I believe it was Robin had a match. I've called matches for them at CDW, so it was cool to see them live at AEW. Um, also got Barry Morales, who um, I called a match for at CDW in Atlanta. He wrestled Big Bill on Collision. Big Bill, another guy. Dude, he's in a like his name's Big Bill Jensen. What do you expect? Well, no, I know, and I've seen him live in like NXT like forever ago and stuff, but like not enough people are talking about because you know, I y'all know I'm a big Omos Mark and a big like Satnam Singh Mark and stuff like that. I actually like those guys because I've, I've I've I grew up in an era of guys like Sean Bradley and stuff who were like that size, but like the coordination wasn't there. You know, you were always you always watch them playing basketball and stuff and be like, man, if they could just really run and jump and 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 shoot and could stay uninjured, like how cool would it be to see a seven plus a, a seven foot plus dude like super athlete like that? And there was always you know Omos is still kind of coming around. Satin saying we haven't seen a whole lot of Big Bill can work. Like he's a dude that size that can work, and like, there's not enough probably being done with him. It, it was you know, <clears throat> um, uh, Ricky Starks came out as his manager last night. I, I I had totally missed that they had paired them recently. So that's an interesting layer. Is like the it, there, it looks like there's a some sort of big push coming for Big Bill in AEW, and I'm here for it. Like if you're that size and you can work, and he's 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 put it in his. He's paid his dues at this point. He's been in the business long enough and been company to company and dealt with his own personal kind of ups and downs and stuff to where I, I think that like now's the time to, to give him a big push, probably in my opinion. Um, that, that's a real rarity to be his size and be and be as good as he is at, at what he's doing, in my opinion. Um, oh, also, yeah, Nick, Nick. Was that it? Was Nick Wayne's mom in the crowd? Wasn't it? They didn't mention yeah. it in the live crowd, but I could. There was a woman who was clearly I couldn't tell. You clearly related to him. That um that was in the crowd uh, throughout throughout the show. Um, it was cool to see Nick Wayne just in general. Um, you know, after seeing his indie run for so long and seeing where he's at, he got a lot of cheers in the audience. 
there's a lot of dumb AR Fox students that I could tell were in the crowd too. Uh, you know, cause certain people were getting cheered that like, even like when teriyaki was in the ring <clears throat> before the, uh, the segment as a security guard, there were some people in the crowd like teriyaki, you know, it was like, you know, even like the indie dudes and, and, and the women and stuff got some, got some pop. Oh, Ziggy Dice was on, uh, was on collision. Um, so, he got like a, he got like a pretty big pop. Cause I mean, he's run shows here in Atlanta and stuff like he's promoted. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was a, it was a really good experience, you know? Really experienced. We're gonna move on to our other spotlight, but before we do that, guys, leave a Russell Rumble in the chat. Get uh, we're gonna pick one winner at the end of the show, and that person will get ten entries into the AEW World Title Belt Raffle, courtesy of Russell Rumble. So if you have not done so, leave a Russell Rumble in the chat. It costs you nothing. It costs you absolutely nothing. All right, let's get into our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Unfortunately, the wrestling world lost Terry Funk yesterday. He's been having health issues for a little bit. And then yesterday, he sadly passed away. Um, Terry Funk was 79. And, you know, he he lived the career of many men. I know a lot of people like to make the Terry Funk retirement joke that he retired about 50 times from everything. But, like, when you look at the totality of Terry Funk's career, when you look at everything he accomplished, not only in the ring, I mean, a lot of people just know Terry Funk from like Roadhouse and Over the Top, his, his appearances in those films. So he had, a, he had a good career outside of the ring as well. But his influence on wrestling cannot be understated. I, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about Terry Funk in the, in the coming days, and rightfully so. What I'm going to say about it is listen to the peers of Terry Funk on this you're you're gonna hear a lot of fan perspectives and i hope everyone has their own perspective of terry funk and has their own memories of terry funk but when when wrestlers like pass away um i like to read and listen to what the peers have to say who were with him who worked with him who traveled with him and just the stories coming out from like mick foley tommy dreamer um rick flair has, has said some stuff but like there's a lot of good stories out there on terry funk and just so much respect for him and everything that he accomplished in wrestling and just a guy who and whose influences can't be understated the the impact he had on the business can't be understated and just the respect he had from every seemingly every single one of his peers can't be understated and not only guys he worked with guy, guys like CM Punk guys like Eddie Kingston Eddie Kingston uh my wife was reading this last night but when Tony Schiavone was calling Brian Danielson the goat on the air and Eddie Kingston was at home and he texted Shivani. He's like, it's Terry Funk. You fuck. Like it's not Brian Danielson. Like the respect he has from the guys nowadays also says a lot. Um, so yeah, Terry, Terry Funk, unfortunately passed away. Jensen, your, your thoughts and memories of Terry Funk. Yeah. I mean, he's one guy who, you know, my, our, our era of Terry Funk is mainly like the ECW, like the crazy old man, ECW, like Chainsaw Charlie, WWF run Terry Funk. <laughs> and, but like, depending on your age and who you are and stuff, you have totally different versions of Terry Funk that you could be a fan of. Um, all the way back to being a tag wrestler, obviously comes from a, a wrestling family. And I mean, just everything he did just such a long career um he's a guy who 
a lot of people consider to, to legitimately be the best of all time, the best professional wrestler ever. And that's not something that like, like that, like that's like an actual statement that makes sense when you say it about Terry Funk. Like there's a lot of people get brought up in a conversation where you might be like, Hey, we're good, but like the best ever, like that's a big statement. And like Terry Funk is a guy, when I hear that, I don't even question it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I, I can understand why someone would, would say Terry Funk's the best of all time, for sure, for sure. Especially depending on how old you are. If you were like, you know, 15, 20 years older than us, you would have like, you know, for it'd be like watching Chris Jericho for me in a lot of ways. Like just all the changes and character and stuff and the longevity and just the high level performances for so long and the changing up of his styles and all this stuff. Um, so <clears throat> now also, uh, you know, some other Terry Funk memories that, you know, definitely need to be brought up. Well, the ones that come to mind for me right away, ECW right off the bat, um, the, the triple threat match, the first pay-per-view, uh, where he did the moonsault off the ladder. And that was very sketchy looking, but it was really cool that he went <laughs> for it. Um, was it, I always get the, the documentaries messed up, but was it, was it beyond the mat? Was that the one that was like really centered around his retirement. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted to wrestle Brett and everything. Yes. Yeah. He, he had a big part in, in that documentary. There was a lot of different yeah. stories, but funk story was yes. uh, definitely a big part of it. And I'll never forget Dennis stamp, the guy who didn't get invited to the show yeah. that was out on his trampoline with like his weights, like just in case, you know, he got the call and they didn't book him. And he kept saying, like, I know I, I can't make it. I've got other commitments. And you know, plus, you didn't book me. And Terry felt so bad about it. He made him the referee for him versus Bret Hart. And you could just tell it just made his whole life to be involved in that. Um, <laughs> Terry Funk's a good guy for just that alone. You know, like, you made some dude's entire life, like, by at least letting him be involved in something like that. Like, he just, he, you know. And just because he was a friend of the guy and, and he had been involved in wrestling with him in years, in years past and stuff. Um, so that stuff's, you know, um, the, uh, when I, when I watch <laughs> certain, uh, like the, the collective for GCW, when they, when they run those events and there's like, you know, 15 shows in a weekend or whatever, a lot of the time in between, like they'll run, uh, they've even done this on IWTV as well, but there's that famous clip of, uh, you know, the forever, forever, forever. It just, it just, just legendary stuff that's going to live forever and literally in wrestling as cm punk said you know at, at, after the match in his in his post collision speech that i was talking about like he really uh it really hits home like like and i want to just reiterate he the point he makes about terry funk just saying like if you can leave the kind of impression that terry funk did and when you're gone people are going to have just nothing but just positive stuff to talk about and they're going to talk about you forever like you won in life and that's that's where terry funk's at you know so we can go on and on about terry funk memories i mean he's he's been around absolutely forever but um i always thought the chainsaw charlie stuff was really strange because like they could have just done so much more with just terry funk in that but like that was just a weird era in wwf just in general but like um but yeah, man, that, that stuff, I mean, it was, but you know, that was like kind of peak attitude era. It was kind of, kind of stuff like him sawing out of the box. Like that, that dumpster match at WrestleMania 14 match. Yeah. is honestly like 
it, it's a very memorable match and, and him and Foley winning the titles together, which was a big moment for them. Like you, like we grew up kind of kind of same era. So my memories are the the Chainsaw Charlie stuff, ECW stuff, and unfortunately the WCW, WCW. 2000 stuff, which was the hardcore awful. title WCW stuff. Yes, he yeah. he tried his best. He was like the commissioner, like that weird thing to Kevin Nash. It was it was not great, but bless Terry Funk for for trying on that. Um, but when it comes to to Funk and <clears throat> why he's so revered by by everybody is a, a lot of reasons but i think one of the big things is why people consider him like the greatest of all time is not only the the presence the charisma the promos but but the wrestling is a lot of people think of him as yeah just kind of more of like hardcore legend terry funk which is certainly true but you go back and you watch some of like the japan stuff and he's just having like great classic tag team matches or he's just having like great singles matches against i mean i i know the Maybe the biggest match of, of his career, the most remembered match of his career is the I quit match against Flair. I don't I don't think that's completely unfair to say that that's the most memorable match of his career. But him and Flair just had like straight up singles match before that. That was fantastic. Like he, he just had just good, very good to, to great singles matches and he could just work a regular singles match. It was not all hardcore exploding uh barbed wire death matches you know caden mentions funk and amita which was a a no roped uh barbed wire exploding ring match like it's not all that kind of stuff it is he just had good straight singles matches he just had good straight tag team matches especially in japan so yeah terry funk is just such a diverse performer like any style you needed him to to wrestle he he could do that style and do it at a high level like just on top of everything else with the look, the charisma, the presence, the how he carried himself, his promos, everything else. So if you want to call Terry Funk the greatest of all time, there's an argument there for it. He yeah. he was not he was a draw, certainly in his uh certainly in, in different territories. Um I, I think that's probably the biggest knock against him in the GOAT argument is like he didn't draw nationally to the level of a Hogan, Austin, Rock kind of thing. But, you know, for where he was at the time, the business at the time, the territories, he was certainly one of the top draws out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I would I would recommend also people go follow Dylan Hales on Twitter um, or on X. I had Dylan Wacko or Waco, however you pronounce it, W-A-C-O. <clears throat> he's uh he's heavily involved with independentwrestling.tv behind the scenes, and he's a booker and promoter and stuff all over the place, especially in the Southeast. But I know Terry Funk was his favorite wrestler ever, and he's been posting a lot of stuff about him. It's like a really good timeline to be following right now. Um, if you want to see it more and learn more about Terry Funk, um, him and a lot of others, you know, this is a you know. It's, it's unfortunate circumstances to why did why this is happening, but like this is the best time ever. Like if you want to learn about Terry Funk or just like appreciate the man, like go on social media and just type his name in, and you're gonna find <coughs> matches and clips and more memories and stories. I mean, a ton of stuff out there. Um, some other stuff like I saw on the timeline that like was worth bringing up. Um, back in the day, he wrestled Eddie Guerrero when Eddie was like a teenager and basically like the caption was like about how you know terry funk at that point at that point was already like an nwa champion like level guy who didn't need to work with a, like a young kid like eddie Guerrero like at all to begin with 
And like throughout the match, Eddie's getting like all this offense. And he makes him look like a million bucks, you know, like he didn't, he just didn't need to do that. But like he, he, that's how the kind of guy he was. Um, <laughs> he, he has a, this match with, um, I've known about this match obviously, but I just recently rewatched it was the um, empty arena match between himself and um, Jerry, the King Lawler. And <clears throat> one of the funniest things in just most pro wrestling things ever Terry Funk grabs a toolbox at one point and he holds it over his head to swing it at Lawler, but the toolbox opens <laughs> over his head and he sells for the tools. And I was just like, dude, what a, what a pro wrestler, dude. You know, like his, his authentic, his really what set him apart from everyone else was his authenticity. I think that people just connected and it was just very real. Like, um, I remember like, uh, like Paul Heyman used to talk about that with ECW and he would relate it to when he, um, like, remember at one point years back when Paul Heyman almost bought, or not bought, almost, uh, T- Dixie Carter almost brought Paul Heyman into TNA, and he was almost going to run TNA back in, like, around, like, 2011 or something like that. And um, Heyman had gone on some interviews around that time, and he had said, you know, well, one of the things I was going to do when I came in and this is mainly the reason that they didn't hire me and I, or I didn't take the job was he was like, I was going to basically get rid of everyone who was 40 years old or older and keep one. Like I was going to keep like a, like one sting or like one, you know, Kurt angle or whatever. But like, if you were over 40, we were going to let you go. And we were just going to, and he said it was basically the, the formula with Terry Funk and ECW was like, that's what we wanted to do in ECW to work super well was we had the one guy, Terry Funk, who made you believe wrestling was real. Like no matter what he did, he made you believe the show was real and he was over 40 and he was the veteran of the company. And then everyone else was people we were trying to build. And, um, you know, that just speaks volumes to, to Terry Funk, like just in a lot of ways, you know, even like for Paul Heyman to say something like that, where it's like, you know, I don't want anyone over 40 years old, but like, I want Terry Funk, you know, like that's, you know, Terry Funk was the man. And he's yeah, he'll 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 legitimately live forever in the wrestling world. And it's he's one of those guys who fortunately he did get a he did get his flowers while he was alive often. Yeah. Like people have always talked about Terry Funk in high regard. People are always tweeting about him, people are always putting his match clips. He was a guy who was well respected and well loved while he was around. And it's really cool seeing that for now, but now that he's passed and it's an easy way to, you know, find out more about him and get clips and stuff. But like, um, anyway, it's too often that like people don't get their flowers until after they're gone and they never were around to, to experience it. Luckily, Terry Funk is an example of somebody who people have always talked highly about, um, even before he passed. So yeah, rest in peace to Terry Funk, like le- legitimately one of the best ever. So just watch him throw a pr- punch. Just watch him throw a punch. I think Foley tells the story of like, yeah, his punches look so good because he'd actually hit you. With <laughs> <Right. that shit>. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, what just it, it's true though. Austin says this a lot. Like you could tell a lot about a wrestler just by how they how they throw a punch. And Terry Funk through this is when I go back to peers. Like every peer of his is gonna say Terry Funk had the best punches in the business and you talked about the authenticity and making it look real it's like he made everything he did look real whether it was a strike whether it was a hold like it looked real it looked like it hurt and so it was easy to buy in 
to somebody like that. So there you go. Um, so yeah, RIP, uh, Terry Funk, very sad when the, the wrestling world loses, um, anybody and certainly a legend like Terry Funk. I'm not going to transition that into a, a talk about NWA. That seems, I know it's, I guess it is a little fitting, but not the current state of the NWA is, uh, it, it, this ain't Terry Funk's NWA. That's, that's for sure. Um, well, I mean, are we, so I mean, we kind of listen. I'm not going to say negative stuff about the NWA here in a second. Like, I, I want I was going to spotlight a couple of things about the show that I, you know, about the NWA 75 shows that I think people might actually be able to look forward to. Um, if you do want to talk about that, if you don't right now, we can move on to something more positive. If you want to circle back around to NWA, that's fine with me too. Uh, we'll we'll go with NWA. I I'm gonna let you talk. I got nothing to say about this show. I'm gonna be honest. I got nothing. So you go for it. Oh man, I gotta pull the card up real quick. Give me something while I'm pulling the card up. Watch this show if you would like. That's that's all I got. I I have nothing. I I don't watch a ton of power. I think the main event is a little insulting. I think their world champion is very insulting. And I'm sure there will be some fine matches. I know they're doing some good stuff. I I just I don't have time for it. Kate says, uh, protect trans kids. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, and listen, I understand. I, I'm not, I'm not a big NWA fan either, but you know, they do have NWA 75 coming up this weekend. It is a two night show. Um, I went to NWA 70 back in Nashville years back. And that was when like Cody was the NWA champion and he uh, lost it to Nick Aldis that night. Um, that was an awesome show. Actually, the NWA is really, really fluctuated quite a bit um in the last five years in a lot of ways um and in most Watch of them impact the instead of nwa on sunday night after all in saturday night i don't know watch a taped version of collision or go out it was bully ray like say go out touch grass have a life something like yeah, that that's fair i'm not i'm not supporting any of this when that guy's their champion and he's on television saying he's gonna whoop his kids for using certain pronouns so i ain't yeah. doing all that that's that's totally fair. I wasn't even gonna bring up that match really beyond, but it is the it is the world title. It's their main. It's what they're yeah. building this card around. So I understand you well, don't want to bring it up because it, it puts it. But this is what they're. This is who they're building around. This is what they're building around. So oh no, I because of that, I ain't supporting. I I completely understand. I'll actually be doing my fantasy football draft throughout most of this. To be completely honest, like I have my my draft set up for Sunday night, but um. The match I actually really wanted to bring up because it's interesting with it being a two-night show is Camille and Natalia Markova because they've actually Camille I think is a bright spot of the National Wrestling Alliance. Like she's been the champion for like 800 plus days or whatever it's been. She was a real like pet project of the company where similar to Jade Cargill in a lot of ways where she like was given a really top spot in like I'll put a lot of pressure and stuff on her as the champion and like for like, you know, she's the champion for years now and she's done really well in my opinion. She's had some really good matches along the way and Natalia Markova, I think is very talented as well. And they've built her the best of any woman in that company, like to win the title from Camille. And with this being a no limits match, I think that Natalia Markova might actually win the title from Camille on night one. I don't know for sure, 
because they you know what muddies this a lot with it being a two night show is Kenzie Page is going to wrestle the winner of that on night two. And I like Kenzie Page a lot also. And I think, uh, um, oh, sorry, Kenzie Page is wrestling for the World Women's TV Championship. Yeah, I'm they're sorry. doing the Mildred There's, Burke thing. They're doing the Mildred Burke. I forgot there was a, yeah, they're doing the Mildred Burke invitation. So yeah, that, that's another problem. That's another massive problem with NWA. Political stuff aside, they have so many damn championship belts. It's impossible to keep up with which champion is which in like, so many titles are just so meaningless, including the world title at this point, unfortunately, as you mentioned. Um, because even if because I it, the thing with the main event is you know, it, even if Tyrus loses, so they're saying he has to retire if he loses the match, which like I doubt they're going to do that with all that they've invested into him, but at the same time, like he's an awful world champion for a lot of reasons, and EC3 isn't like much better in a lot of ways, like he's not a you know, he's not lighting the world on fire currently either, like as a pro wrestler or really any, in any ass facet, like EC3 is just not really doing well. So like, it's just a bad spot to be in. And it's sad because like, there are talented people in the NWA. Like there are some people on these shows, like Matt Cardona is coming back in. He's killing it everywhere. Violent J is going to be on the show. Like whoop, whoop, like good for him. You know, he's a, he's a true wrestling fan. Um, Vampiro is going to be there. Uh, I think La Rebellion is actually a pretty darn good tag team. You know, like there's there's a lot of good women involved in stuff. Allison K and stuff. Like there's good Homicide and Joe Alonzo should be a good match on night two. Like there's actually some good stuff on here. It's just unfortunate that because of who the world champion is, that they're in the position they're in, but they're doing it to themselves. So, you know, the NWA has done it to themselves. Billy Corgan's done it to themselves. Um, they're they're knowingly excluding a massive a massive chunk of their potential fan base because of the moves they're making, and they got to live with that. And because of that, I don't think many people are going to watch the show. Um, I think a lot of people feel like you feel, and how people in the chat feel, and I feel the same way. I'm just trying to be a bit more neutral about it as I talk about the actual wrestling show, but. Personally, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that a lot of people say in wrestling also. You know what I mean? It's I'll leave it at that. Um, do I think the Tyrus should be the world, the NWA uh, world's champion? No. Do I think EC3 should be? No. You know, do I think they should have, should, do I think every match on the show should have a title on the line? No. You know, should this should be a two-night show? No. Should Billy Corgan probably be in charge of the NWA? Still, probably not. You know what I mean? Like it just... There's a, there's a lot of men. I don't think Fodder and Angelina Love are even on these shows. And they're like the two people I like the most about it because I know that they're good people. We've interviewed them and like, they're really, they're really trying out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but outside of that, like it's, it's, it's rough. I, I can't imagine, you know, I, I, I covered, I covered NWA power for the weekender. And that's the main reason I'm even as tapped into knowing what's going on as I do. If I didn't cover for the weekender, I would not be watching the weekly show. I will say that. Cyclops by Logan says, I'm so disappointed in Jeremy. How do you work for Fightful and don't watch NWA? Everyone knows you're not a real wrestling fan if you don't like Tyrus and AEW. I don't like one of those things. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. I, I got nothing. Uh, That's fair. We can move. We need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. Edge may or may not 
be retired. He had his match, his last match on his contract against Sheamus this past Friday on SmackDown in Toronto. Picked up a victory. He said his contract does not end until September. Um, a lot of rumors out there, a lot of reports. A report from PW Torch said that uh, said that Edge made some offer, made made some he wanted some certain things in, in the next contract. WWE denied those things, and then that Edge is likely AEW bound. Edge came out today, literally like a half hour before we started the show and said that everything's good with WWE. I have a contract extension in my inbox. I'm just not sure what I'm going to do yet because I didn't get to retire on my terms now or the first time, and now I can retire on my terms. And he's praised Friday night, the treatment he got, the Sheamus Sheamus match and everything. What do you think the future holds for Edge? So I missed that this morning. So did he he like tweet, like like a statement about that? It was a video. It was a video. Okay. Um, <clears throat> hmm. It's interesting. That to me sounds like contract negotiation. Because why, why would you put that out there? Well, I, here's the thing with Edge. He's a little bitch. Um, oh, yeah, oh, the, the contract, the contract doesn't. Today. You, you need your own making. Uh, Jeremy addresses his enemies. Uh, absolutely not. Um, his contract isn't up until. Until the end of September, according to him, which I I do believe that part. What we do know about Edge is he is very willing to shoot down rumors and reports that are not true to protect the surprise or to protect himself. Everyone very, I'm sure, remembers when he was working to get clearance and it was reported that he was cleared and he's going to the doctors and stuff. And he just put it out like, nope, not true not true. Like, no, I'm not. And then of course he returned at the rumble. It's like, Oh, well, you seems like you were, um, you know, with, when it comes to the AEW stuff, seems like there's some smoke to the fire here. He's still under WWE contract for, I guess, another month. He said end of September, he's not going to outright say like, no, I'm definitely not going to AEW. Like he's, he's not going to say that he, he know he knows how to work better than that, than to say, yeah, I'm going to AEW. Um, I'm not even sure if I don't know about the legalities of it when it comes to like tampering and, and things like that. So and I'm sure he's not, he's not going to admit, admit that publicly. Does he, is there a contract offer in his inbox? Maybe. Is it what he's happy with? I don't know. Um, and then is he contemplating retirement? Yeah. I'm sure a part of him is thinking like, yeah, maybe this is it. He did say that he doesn't know if he has like another year left in him. And I, I believe that as well. I don't think he's made a full-on decision. I think a lot can change in a month. But I think right now, I believe the smoke that is he's going to AEW. Dude, all that actually needs to happen is Christian just needs to call him and be like, bro, check out the promo I cut last night on Dynamite. They'll let us do whatever we want here. Like, Tony Khan loves wrestling like he is going to be your biggest fan like he's i <laughs> i was joking last night like because cm punk was taking so long after his match like which i which by the way i said i i really appreciated him making time for all the fans this isn't a knock but when he was he was taking so long and like some of the fans around me were like man this is we've already been here for so long like please just get to the next match because they, they filmed stuff out of order. Like they did the collision main event first and then they did the rest of the matches. <clears throat> so, but I remember I, like, I turned to someone, I was like, I was like, yeah, well, I mean, 
because they played cult of personality the entire time CM Punk was out there after the match, like with the fans. And I was like, oh no, y'all don't understand. Like Tony Khan is in the back right now singing cult of personality. Like he's like, he's like, Tony Khan loves what's happening right now. He came out multiple times during the show to like try to hype the crowd up more. Like he just like run from, run from gorilla position out of the entrance ramp and, you know, do this a few times or get on the microphone and run back and just like, no. So dude, I bet you Tony Khan really, I just want a humongous edge fan. So, I mean, I, I think he's going AEW also. Um, Let's not forget too that you know I know you mentioned it a second ago with like his injury and his return and stuff. Back before he came back at the Royal Rumble, there there was like that weird thing he did where he did like the spear on like a pre-show to somebody. Elias, yeah. it was on it was SummerSlam pre-show, yeah. Yes, right, and he and there was a lot of rumors that AEW was talking to him then, and that like Edge was cleared. Sorry. Yeah. Well, He's, he's confirmed that. He confirmed he right. the AEW then. Gotcha. But it's like, that's, so it's like, they're, and that was what I feel like pushed WWE to clear him, was when, because like they wouldn't clear him, wouldn't clear him, wouldn't clear him. AEW is like, hey, we want to sign you because you because doctors will clear you. And then AEW, and then WWE is like, well, I guess we'll clear you if they're going to sign you. Um, and Edge kind of like, the first time he couldn't, he obviously couldn't uh, retire on his terms because of the injury, and he was the world champion at the time. But this run, very bizarre in a lot of ways. Like, in a lot of ways, great that he he was able to do it. The Royal Rumble return especially was was awesome. But it was a really weird mixed bag, in my opinion, of, like, a WWE return um, with, like, the Judgment Day and, like, like winning the Royal Rumble from number one and stuff, but then it becoming a triple threat. And I don't know, it was just like a weird, not a bad run, but a weird run. It was cool that he got to do some stuff with Beth Phoenix though. And, you know, and then like with it being, if like Sheamus really is his last match, it's just kind of strange that like it's a, it was on a SmackDown with like, I mean, not unannounced, but like not a ton of hype for around. I know they built like the show around it, but there wasn't like weeks of buildup and then like the big like pay-per-view send off or something like that. Like, but it was in Toronto, obviously. I mean, so, but you know what I mean? It's just, it just kind of feels a little off. Like for him to say he re- he's retiring on his terms this time feels a little disingenuous because what it sounds like, unless I'm wrong, but it sounds like this has all been confirmed by him and everyone else. It sounds like he wants, I don't know if it's more money or what, but like, like he, he's in a contract negotiation with the WWE to stay. And like they they've given him the offer that they're comfortable with, and he's trying to decide if he wants to take it or not. But in my opinion, and I'm not saying this maliciously, this is my opinion. Not being a longtime wrestling fan and sports fan, just in general, like contracts is free agency and stuff. I think the only reason you would publicly talk about this if you're him and say that there's a contract in my inbox right now that I have not decided if I'm going to sign or not is. So the WWE comes back to you and says, what do we got to get you to sign it? Like, we don't want you going over there. Now you're, now you're telling people you may or may not stay. Now the, now the fan base is going to start coming after the WWE going like, what's wrong with you? Like edge isn't good enough. Like you can't, you can't give edge what he wants after all these years. Like what's wrong with you guys? You're you're getting, you, it's a little, it's, it's some kind of bad faith with the fan base to do that too. Not to edge, but to the WWE. So like, 
all this to me screams contract negotiation. And I think at the end of the day, what's going to happen is <coughs> um, anticlimactic is a good for brutal titties. Um, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. I think it was kind of anticlimactic. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, what's going to wind up happening is the WWE is going to come back to edge after this and say like, listen, this is our final offer. We just sent it to your inbox. I don't think it's going to be much different than the one he's already got. Edge is going to hit up his buddies at AEW and they're going to be like, dude, not only will Tony Khan give you what you're asking for, like, look at what we're doing over here. Like, we can do Edge and Christian here against against the Young Bucks. We can do Edge and Christian versus FTR. We can do Edge and Christian and the Hardys. We can do, we can do, we had all this stuff lined up as a tag team. Edge can go on a singles run if he wants to. He can work super part time if he wants to. He can do tag team matches where he doesn't have to be in the ring the whole time. He can do, I mean, it just seems like a perfect fit right now. Because what's there left for him to do in the WWE? Best case scenario, he wins the world title again. And then it's like, okay. But like that just makes no sense right now with how hot Rollins is and what they can do with that title. And he's definitely not going to beat Roman. So like, kind of what's, who haven't you wrestled that you want to wrestle? Is there anyone in the WWE left? Probably not. You know, can you reunite with your best friend and do Edge and Christian again a few times and, you know, actually retire on your own terms, like a real high note for like the wrestling fan base, like not just the sports entertainment fan base, go back and be a rat, like a pro wrestler again, you know, pop in an indie or two, maybe as insane as that sounds, you know, you never know, you know, how much you love wrestling. Like, are you, are you like John Moxley? Do you want, like, are, are you going to just jump in a random show? Are you, are you going to wrestle PCP crazy F and Manny? You know what I mean? Like, so, um, Edge is like 50. He's not, I don't know how much he's going to be making towns uh, for indie shows and things like that. I'm not saying he's going to have like an indie run, but I'm just saying like, it'd be really cool to have the kind of freedom to be like, screw it, GCW. Like, why not? Like pop in one time. You know what I mean? Like, see what it's all about. Pop in there with Nick Gage one time. Like, you know, like, just because he can. You know, like I, I, Edge, Edge has not had the, he, he he's similar in a, well, I, he, he's really his own guy. I don't want to compare him to anyone else, but he's, his, his career trajectory is strange because he had the kind of like a really fast indie run back when the indies weren't really a thing in like the early nineties or whatever. And then he's been all WWE his whole, his whole run. It's similar to like Shawn Michaels in certain ways. You know, Shawn Michaels did a little like AWA and stuff, but like when you really think about that, and it's similar to like Jericho, even though Jericho bounced around pre WWE, he was a WWE for so long. He would do all these interviews and say, I'll never work for someone except for Vincent man ever again. And you know, WWE is where it's at. But even, you know, once he got that taste in new Japan, he was like, damn, I forgot what it was like to like have this kind of freedom and have these kind of matches in front of these different audiences and be more of like a professional wrestler again than a sports entertainer and all this stuff. I feel like if Edge got a taste of that, he might you he might surprise us. You know what I mean? And be around way longer than we than we think, for all we know. So um that's my that's my I think if he goes back to WWE, it's a safe thing. He'd be spinning his wheels and he'd be in the same position he is in right now with that company for as long as he stays there. Or you can go to AEW and like actually finish on like a high note for like the real like pro wrestling fans, if that makes sense. No, I I see what you're saying. A lot will just come down to what Edge 
actually wants and what he what he's comfortable doing and i don't know i'm not gonna pretend to know what he wants to do you know he kind of works more or less part-time in wwe he seems to like that he liked doing the more of a full-time schedule uh when he first returned he was on more shows but now he's just he seems comfortable just working all right i'll just kind of show up when i want does he want to do another full-time type of thing and if he does aw might be a little bit better option for him in that sense, or is he comfortable doing the part-time thing? And I'm sure he could still do kind of a part-time thing in AEW. It just depends on how much he actually wants to do. Um, and I don't know. And I don't know, again, you talked about, you know, he can show up to indie shows. He has this freedom and all this kind of things. Okay. Does he want to do that? Or does he like playing? And let's, let's be honest about the, the state of where, where the companies are. Right now, WWE is drawing very well for their weekly shows. AEW, their weekly shows aren't drawing as well as they they had been in the past. Does he want to perform in front of the smaller audiences? Edge is always, because he's only known WWE, he's only known big stage kind of stuff. So, yeah, he did indie stuff early 90s and everything. But otherwise, he's always been in front of like, you know, over 5,000 people. You go to AEW, some of those shows do not have that many people there and so is that what you want to do edge has always been he's been very just much a wwe guy he likes the long brooding promos where he puts his hair back and gets the spotlight on him in the middle of the ring and stuff and it's like is that does he still want to do that or does he want to go to AEW? it's going to come down to what he wants what he's doing right now i feel is very just like a public negotiation game of like yeah i have a contract offer in my inbox okay well why aren't you signing it well it's not signing it because it's probably not up to what he actually wants and he's putting this out there publicly to maybe put a little pressure on WWE to be like, everyone knows I'm not signing your deal. You're offering me a deal and I'm not signing it up your game before. Like you said, fans are mad at you of like sign edge. Why aren't you giving edge what he wants? He's a legend. Yeah. You talk to him like he's a legend. You talk about him like he's a legend. It's a public negotiation game that edge is playing right now. And I don't think that's unwise. That's that's business. That is business when it comes to this. And that's what he's doing. We'll see. I do think, again, it's going to come down to what he wants. I'm sure AEW is going to make a great offer. I'm sure the WWE offer, honestly, isn't bad. I don't think they're lowballing him or anything like that. But he seemingly wants certain things. WWE might not be willing to give him those things. And if that's the case, then I'm sure he'll go to AEW, make good money, and have a lot of freedom, and he'll probably enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. What do, you, what do you think his uh, his name would be? Because surely he doesn't own the name Edge. I think it's just Adam Copeland. I think so many people are putting a lot into the edge thing, but, and I understand that. Like, I, I definitely understand that uh, he's been edge for 25 years now. And, uh, and so when it's one name like that, it's a lot tougher to just come up like Paige and Soraya was a, even an easier transition because at least she was Soraya before the WWE kind of stuff she was just page in wwe he's been edge for 25 years um but i think he's just gonna be adam copeland <laughs> tyler driver finishes his corner that's <laughs> that's funny um yeah adam hardcastle like i play on sexton car uh, sexton hardcastle and that'd be kind of wild if he <laughs> if he kind of like mixed his uh old indie name in but yeah i mean We'll see. We'll see what the future is for Edge. I'd like to see him in AEW isn't, for that last run. 
isn't edge backwards still edge? I know it's spelled differently, but wouldn't you say it the same or is E G D E? Still do still do it as edge. If you if you did that, and you couldn't even use like the edge because that's got to be a U two's probably got that unlocked. So yeah, I don't know. uh, I don't know. But I mean, egged. Egg D. Yeah. Edge. I wonder if you could spell Edge. It'd be, it'd be so goofy to spell Edge a different way somehow. Yeah, people people have talked about that. Of Or even like you would just pronounce it like if you just go with E-G, but it's the, or E-J, but it's still Edge. Like, oh, I, I don't no. know. There's ways to, there's oh, ways to do it. edge You know. There's ways to do it. I think it's just yeah. open. I think people are talking way too much about the name, and I think it's just going to be... Adam I mean, everyone knows who he is, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Adam Copeland. Exactly. Fun. Everyone knows who he is, and that's the the biggest thing that they'll they'll know uh, who he is. But you do won't know why he is there. Um, Adam and Christian. Other, eh, sure. Uh, the other. <laughs> what if he's Jesus, Christian, and Jesus? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another name that would. I don't want it. I'm I'm gonna get us canceled by saying something stupid probably on accident i was like what else could we what other like religion this type of christian could we use for edges name? It was like that's not gonna end up well probably no, so that's good. <clears throat> yeah um other wwe spotlight gunther lost he lost by count out to chad gable on wwe raw likely setting up a rematch uh at payback and but it's the first loss on the main roster not pinned but first loss on the main roster what you make of this match and them actually having Gunther lose this match? Dude, the finish ruled. How he like threw him into the post and then Germaned him over the the barrier and everything into like yeah. the, where like the timekeeper is. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, that was that was that was cool. I, wasn't it just like a few weeks ago that he they went to like a draw or something? It went to like a, a five minute um, draw, or maybe it was ten yeah. minutes. Sorry. Uh, and then, it, but they got the match to to keep going because Gunther was like, right. "I can beat you in this time," and then he didn't beat him in that time. But the match continued, and then Gunther beat him shortly after. But good for, I mean, I've always liked Chad Gable, even going back to his American Alpha days, um, which is a really underrated tag team. Man, it's a it's a shame Jason Jordan, um, with his injury and everything. It's good to know how well he's done backstage, though. Um, and he's still around and stuff, but that American Alpha tag team was awesome in NXT. They had some great matches, some other great tag teams to work with in that era. Um, but it's interesting seeing that they've they've decided to push him so much because, like, he's also got Otis there and Maxine, but that's also working really well. All three of them are are over. Um, even when I when I was there live before I left, like I got to see them a little bit in front of the crowd, and like they. They're definitely over. Um, Chad Gable is very, very talented. I mean, he was a legitimate Olympic wrestler. I mean, people, you got to remember that. Like, I was, I was surprised it's taken him this long to kind of get the push. But he's overcome a lot too in all these years. The the shorty G thing was a disaster. Um, they had him coming out in like in like baggy basketball shorts and like just made him just a just just like super like it just wasn't him at all um he's a he's a wrestler i mean he's like look at the dude um 
Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think I, I, I like that Gunther has like a challenge that's been, you know, he's found like a foil. You know, it was Gunther's first main roster loss of any kind. They've built it to where you be- you can believe if you're a fan. Like, okay, I, I don't think that, that Chad Gable is going to beat him. But I think if I was a kid <clears throat> that, you know, maybe more of a casual fan or, you know, haven't been watching it as long, I'd see this and I'd be like, oh, Gable, like Gable's going to beat him. Like Gable almost like he went to a draw and then, yeah, maybe lost eventually, but like he did get to the draw and then like he beat him by count out. Like now all he's got to do is just pin him. Like, you know, I, I, and that, that's the reason it's been built the way that it has been, which I enjoy. I think it's smart. Um, You know, and it makes Gable look great, you know, that they've chosen him to be the one to hand Gunther a loss of any kind during this IC title reign. So and then hopefully, you know, I'd imagine Gable's going to lose to Gunther, but hopefully after that they can they can do something with with Gable that's significant or Gable and Otis again as a team or something. Or dude, I'm not even against the idea of Gable beating him. I'm really not. Like he's he's got to break the record. He's going to be like he's already like a week away from breaking it or 2 weeks away. Like, well, when's when's, gonna... when's the rematch for the title? I think it's going to be payback. That's my guess. My but guess when does he break the record? He breaks the record like two days after payback. Oh, it's two days after payback. Yeah. I thought he was going to get it no matter what before. I, my yeah. timing was off on that then. I think it's September 5th he breaks the record. Um, yeah, I I, so I, I know exactly, it's after payback though. So that's exactly why they've done this then because they made him lose right before he's going to break the record. Now they've sit the more doubt is to him breaking the record. I see. I was a couple days off. I thought, I thought he was going to break it before that match. Okay. So, so yeah, Gunther's going to definitely retain, but I, but my, my point being is like, I wouldn't mind if someone like Chad Gable was it's like, someone needs to get the rub off of beating Gunther. Like, so like they have to do something with, with the same with Roman Reigns. That's a whole other conversation though. But like, Gunther has done such a good job of building this title. No, that said, I'm fine with him holding the title a lot longer too. Like if they need to keep figuring out how much longer Roman's going to hold this thing, if they need to stretch that to WrestleMania, you know, if there's no intention of putting Gunther and, uh, and Rollins in the same ring or anything anytime soon, or Rollins needs to do get back surgery or something, they need to like change things up or I don't know, like maybe you need to keep the, the IC title on Gunther for another six months, another year. So I, I don't know, which I'd be fine with. He's, 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 amazing as the intercontinental champion but i think that gable is is somebody who would be a good pick to potentially beat him because you want it to be somebody who needs the push who needs the rub who hasn't had like a big breakout moment or like a big a big like stop and start type thing like it, it can't be like a Dolph ziggler who like we've seen so many times get these shots over you know decade plus it's got to be someone who, like, they're finally going to go with or somebody brand new, like a Braun Breaker or someone like that would have to come in or something like that. They're really trying to build, like, fast. So that's where I'm at with that. I think Chad, I think they've done a really good job with Chad Gable. I want to be fine with him beating Gunther at this point. But like you said, Gunther's going to definitely beat the the Hockey Tommy's record. Yeah, they're not going this far and then not having him break the record. Uh, I do think they'll do the rematch at Payback. I, I know people have thrown out the idea of an Iron Man match, uh, like a 30-minute Iron Man match, which I think could make some sense. And then, you know, if Gable gets that first fall on him, then they, they like to use that of like, you know, if it was a regular match, I pinned you first. And, you know, now that sets up a rematch. Um, 
that can set up a rematch after Gunther breaks the record because he wins the Iron Man match, and then maybe Gable beats him like a week or two after the record is broken. I can see that. But I'm with you that whoever beats Gunther, I hope they have a plan and it's not just, okay, you beat Gunther and now you have the title for like two weeks and then you lose it afterwards. It's got to mean something and it's got to, the follow-up has to be good for both guys, for Gunther and and for the person who beats him. Yeah, I mean, the follow-up for Gunther, although it depends on how they do everything, but I really, I've never liked the backwards, it's always been like this forever though, but I've never liked the backwards booking idea of like, losing a mid-card title and then your next feud being for the world title um but in gunther's case there's only like that's all like there's only that to go towards like if you if you break the all-time ic title record next thing has got to be the world title so it for but it also needs the visual like you said similar to like orange cassidy pinning Adam Cole and stuff, but like not counting and whatnot. There's something to me about the idea of like, we just saw you lose a mid card title. How are you now the number one contender for the main title? Like you just lost. So, you know, there's, it depends on how they do it. But I do think Gunther, either way, like after he's the IC champion, he needs to be either involved in the world title or like win the world, one of the world titles. Here's what they should do. He doesn't have to ne- necessarily go right into a feud with, let's say, Seth Rollins. If Seth Rollins is still the champion, he loses the Gable, loses the title, he beats Cody Rhodes, and then he goes on to face Seth Rollins. That's my plan. It's a terrible plan. I could see him. I could see Gunther and uh, Brock maybe though. That would be sick. If a Gunther, if, if Brock was willing to put Gunther over. I don't know what Brock's plans are. I think you should just beat Cody Rhodes, go on to Seth Rollins, and then beat Seth Rollins, and then Cody. I don't know. Then he's there. That's you want to know what makes you want to know what really grinds my gears, Jeremy? I'm not gonna. You don't need to put up the graphic for this or anything, but um, this is just a really quick aside. Um, I was on Snapchat, which I very rarely ever use anymore. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I jumped on there. I made a new account because I couldn't get into my old one because I, like I said, I don't really use it anymore. But I jumped on there. And I was making my little avatar guy. It looked just like me. I have a little man bun and stuff. <clears throat> and uh, I got some shades on. It looks a lot like me. And I make my little avatar guy. <clears throat> and uh, they let you choose your outfit. And they have a WWE section now. And I was like, oh, let's go. And I'm like, I'm looking for the, the Cody Rhodes logo. Right. And I'm like, where is it? I see Roman Reigns. I see, I think I saw Rhea Ripley on there. I'm going through and I'm like, no Cody, and lo and behold, Jeremy, right there, a T-shirt that just says "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "How did LA Knight shirt make it into this, and Cody's didn't?" They only want champions and popular wrestlers. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Power Driver finishes. This is there are only five shirts. That's true, but like, there is only five shirts. They chose LA Knight's shirt over Cody's shirt, though. Yeah. You got to go with the big merch sellers. Cody, Cody's behind LA Knights in the merch. I heard Rhea Ripley is actually out selling everyone right now. So that. good for her. I'd buy one of those Monday Night Mommy shirts. Dude, and by the way, AEW. Okay. Will, Tony, anyone who happens to hear or see this, or anyone just wants to get past Lon, Caden, I know you were at the show also. I showed up a little bit late, so maybe I just missed this, but I don't think I did. I looked pretty hard. AEW needs to massively step up their merch game at the at the live shows. Yeah, everyone has said this. Massively. 
There was no signed action figures for me to buy. I was there prepared to spend at least $200 on signed figures. Cause usually they sell, they would usually sell them a hundred a piece. And I collect signed AEW figures. Like I would, I would have bought at least one if it was someone I didn't have probably at least two, <clears throat> maybe even three, depending on who was there. Like we're talking like two, 300 bucks right there off the bat. I would have bought a t-shirt if it wasn't only $40 CM Punk shirts, pretty much. It was like CM Punk shirts and, uh, and AEW shirts that like I already own, like just like the logo and stuff. And like, just like the, like the whole roster type shirt, like they do for WrestleManias and stuff like that. I was like, what is this? Like, how is there not, there needs to be like way more elite, like t-shirts. There needs to be Blackpool Combat Club merchandise. There needs to be like, like what is it? And there there was some better than you, baby stuff, but like there needs to be like full on MJF and Adam Cole t-shirts and like your top stars. You should, you should be able to get t-shirts for all your top stars. Even if they're 40 bucks, they gotta be available for people to buy. Um, so I couldn't believe there was like no, there was like hardly anyone shirts to buy. There was no sign figures to buy. So I bought nothing. I bought two hot dogs and a soda. That was all I bought at the show. So like, um, I was prepared to spend hundreds of dollars at AEW and uh, y'all left it on the table because you just straight up didn't have stuff. So you went to a WWE event. You could have got plenty of, yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, I just recently went to a WWE event, uh, Jeremy, and I got plenty of Cody Rhodes merchandise. I got a Cody Rhodes t-shirt. I got a Cody Rhodes hat. I got a Cody Rhodes Funko Pop. I got a Cody Rhodes signed um, poster. So yeah, no, they had plenty of stuff for me to get that I was, that I was into. And even though I didn't like Cody Rhodes and I wasn't there for Cody, they had like plenty of plenty of t-shirts and other people's Funko pops. And yeah, it was, I mean, they had LA Knight stuff there too. They did our, our boy Gunnar Mathis. <clears throat> we got together before the show and in, in the WWE show. And he told me, he was like, he's like, man, I just, he bought some of the Cody stuff. And he's like, man, that's about 40. I just saw 40 bucks on that new LA night shirt. And I was like, okay, but you know, it was there. So yeah, AEW needs to step that up big time. I was, I was shocked at, uh, at the lack of merchandise available at that place. Yeah. They, they've, uh, they've been criticized for that for a while now of the, merchandise i hope for those going to all in i hope they uh they got the the trucks they, they brought over all the heavy merch on the plane because uh there's gonna be a lot of fans there and you could move a lot of merchandise and you don't want to be short or you know not having the wrestlers that you should have there to uh for everybody to support so yeah uh move on to our indie spotlights final spotlights of the day i'm gonna give a big mother fucking shout out New GCW Tag Team Champions, the East-West Express, lost the titles. Uh, that's Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver. Lost the titles to Takashi Sasuke and Toro Sagoria. Did I say those right? Sagura and Sasaki. Sagura and Sasaki. All right, I apologize. I think I said Sasuke. I no, you're good. thinking great Sasuke. I'm, I might be a little bit off, too. I'm, my pronunciation isn't always great myself, so there no worries. Uh, but yes, Jordan Oliver, Nick Wayne losing the titles uh, at GCW Homecoming. Your thoughts, Jensen? Yes. So it was surprising to see Sasaki and Segura be the team to win this. Um, those guys are big in freedoms. And also uh, the finish here, which was Valento Jack basically <clears throat> turning, like swerving people and, and joining with, they, they had built an angle on the 
GCW's homecoming night one previously. This was on night two that this title change happened. But Violento Jack <clears throat> um, came into the ring and he hit, um, I think it was Nick Wayne, because I think Oliver was down in selling an injury. But um, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, uh, Violento came in and he hit Nick Wayne with the chair and then he hit him with like a, uh, <clears throat> a package power. Well, no, he uh, he hit him with the, he might have hit him with a package power driver as well into the chair. I can't remember. But then eventually one of them hit hit him in the head with the title belt to pin him. But it was all based off of the uh, the interference and the attack uh, swerve by Violento Jack to, uh, to help Sasaki and Segura win the GCW tag titles. I'd imagine, could be wrong, um, but I'd imagine part of the reason for doing this is Nick Wayne being you know signed to AEW now. He's yeah. probably just, I mean, and they obviously knew this was coming and they were preparing for this, but part of me thinks that they needed to get the titles off of them that night. Um, mainly because I feel like there was nothing against the, the, the team that won, but like, they're not like a, a GCW team. They're, you know, I, I think that they'll, they'll probably be transitional champions and probably lose the titles to a team that's more regularly in GCW, probably pretty fast. Um, but so that's just kind of how I feel about it. I think, I feel like once again, I could be wrong, but it felt, to me, like the title change was mainly like, all right, well, Nick Wayne's about to be going to the UK. Nick Wayne's about to be booked this day for AW, that day for AW, this day. For... And now he's like becoming like a regular part of the show. And they just can't rely on him being involved in GCW nearly as often. And then Jordan Oliver, like we've been saying it for a while too. Like, you know, he's the JCW champion currently and everything. Uh, just had a title offense as well, um, you know against Griffin, uh, his buddy, old, old friend, uh, but now rival. So yeah, I, um, I, there, there, I, I, I hope that in, in GCW going forward, they do more Jordan as a singles guy. If Nick's going to be pretty much gone, uh, soon, but you know, that's been, that's been, that's been coming for a long time for Jordan. Like, and he deserves it. So hopefully he gets pushed, uh, towards, the GC- I, I'd love to see Jordan be the one to beat uh, Blake Christian for the GCW World Championship, actually. I think that would make a lot of sense if, if built correctly. Because um, they're going to have to take the title off Blake probably pretty soon, too, for the same reasons. Blake's on Ring of Honor all the time now. Like, you know, who, it could be a matter of time before Tony Khan gives him a contract and says, we need you here more often. And, like, you just... Ring you know, of Blake- Honor only running saturday shows but i know gcw runs saturday shows as well so there's a little bit of scheduling conflict there well i'm also saying like if if tony decided to like sign him and like use him on AEW or something at some point you know what i mean like right yes he's on the radar obviously if he's in if he's in ring of honor he could always be all elite really at any moment so um this is always in the back of my mind with that kind of stuff but um, you know, new GCW tag team champions, but like I said, kind of came out of nowhere and I'd imagine it'll be a transitional champion type thing. Um, well, but. I think they are trying to put a little bit of more stock a- into freedoms because they're doing the big GCW freedoms, uh, war games match. Uh, I think that's in October. So, you know, if, if freedoms that's has right. some tag team titles going into that, then it makes that art of war show a little bit bigger. And maybe that's where they, they lose the title. So I don't know if it's, transition champion type of type of thing i do think that like oh freedoms has our tag team titles we also have this war games match i think that could be a reason as well for them to have the titles along with i i am in agreement with you that uh they took the titles off maybe at this point because of the nick wayne stuff and him being signed to aw and doing more there 
Yeah, but that, that's a, you, that's a point that needed to be brought up though about them and Freedoms doing their show. Is it war? It's like a war game show. That's October, you said. So yeah, that's not too long. That's that's a that's a really good point though. I mean, and they've done that in the past too. I mean, even really even recently they did something similar where uh, the Bookers, Brian XL and Amazing Red, they didn't win the GCW tag titles from East West, but like they stole them from them, and that built the big kind of like hog wrestling versus gcw show more and stuff um you're probably right about that i didn't i actually did i completely forgot that they were running that show in like a month or whatever so i'll uh you're probably right about that but also sometimes like, i know what i'm talking about on the show yeah, no, <laughs> but but <clears throat> but also the unpredictability of nick wayne's schedule i'm sure doesn't help things as we yeah and so um but yeah all right. Um, Jensen, I know you don't fully have to run, so I'm going to let you set up the interview with uh, Adam Priest that we recorded two weeks ago. Yes. Yes. I'm glad that people finally get to hear this and see this. Um, we ran into Scott Hensley, actually, right after the show yesterday, which is cool. He was uh, you know, heavily involved in the Southeast scene. We talked about him on the show before. Um, but yeah, you're about to hear an interview from Adam Priest, who is the current action wrestling champion. This was recorded right before he defended the title against Billy Starks um, at the action like action multiverse show that they did. <clears throat> but uh, so we you'll hear a little bit about um, some stuff that has that like has happened since, but it's still um, relevant to the conversation and still worth definitely listening to. Like none, none of this stuff is is dated. The majority of the conversation is about his career and like other upcoming stuff. But there is a little bit of talk in there about some matches that have now happened since the interview that you can go and you know watch on independentwrestling.tv and stuff like that. Um, and uh, you know, Adam Priest is a guy who, you know, just not that long ago, just a couple months ago, uh, wrestled Blake Christian for the GCW World Championship. Um, he's obviously big in action wrestling. He was very big in New South, um, you know, during his time there. Um, really all over the place, SCI and and TWE and really just killing it, Battle Slam. Um, so yeah, Adam Priest, uh, I think you're gonna very much enjoy this conversation. Um, and yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on fight talk underscore and, uh, or on X, whatever you want to call it now. And, uh, yeah. Do you have something else here? Oh, I have to do the wrestle rumble. Oh yes. Yes. Of course. Duh. <laughs> wrestle rumble. Yeah. Y'all, y'all got a few more seconds. If you type wrestle rumble in the chat, somebody's about to win 10 free entries to the belt contest it's a it's a raffle it's a giveaway for the aw world heavyweight championship belt over at wrestlerumble.com they're going to do a live drawing directly after the show um i don't have it pulled up are they doing that on the saw monsters channel again let's see if uh it's usually where they do the um yes so the live uh the drawing for the aw championship belt will take place on the saw monsters sounds off youtube channel after all in so jason solomon over there always has great uh post-show reviews and you can uh if you want to tune into that um obviously check out the fightful post-show reviews as well that night but um also if you want to flip over kind of monday night war style um at, at some point jason's also gonna read out the winner to uh to the belt contest over there for Russell rumble so um we are about to uh pick a name here in a second and that person's gonna get 10 entries all I need y'all to do, whoever wins this, the one person who wins this, I'll open up my Twitter DMs right now. So I don't forget in case I'm not following you or whatever. I'm opening 
my all right settings and privacy <clears throat> excuse me i, I have um, the winner all right give me the winner all right i have the winner a late entry literally just put his entry in pile driver finisher has won the the drawing to get 10 free entries into the wrestle rumble drawing for the aw world title okay thank you pile driver finisher my twitter dms are open okay if you want to just send me a message on Twitter, just say like, this is me, I won. All I need from you is your email address. That's it. Just send me your email just uh, sometime before, preferably before like Rampage on Friday. Like just sometime before Friday night, preferably like right now. If you can send it to me right now or today, that'd be even better. But um, I will make sure that Russ Rumble emails you over. Oh, actually, I'll, yeah, I'll just send your email just so if you win, they'll send it to you. But I'll, I'll make sure that they get your name. Um, that's really all they need. I'll give them, I'm going to, you know, I'll make this really easy for you. Sorry, I'm making this confusing. I'm going to give them your name, pile driver finisher right now and tell them you got 10 entries. But if you'd like to just send me your email address through Twitter, that way we know how to contact you if you win. Okay. Fair enough. That's simple. I'm going to give them pile driver finisher as the name right now, 10 free entries. Just let me know what your email address is so that if you win, we know how to contact you. There you go. Thanks everybody for who left the Wrestle Rumble in the chat to enter into our little raffle. And thanks to Wrestle Rumble, as always, great partners uh, for the past couple of years, or couple of years, uh, past year or so with us uh, doing partnering with us for big time e- events, big WWE and AEW uh, pay per view premium live events. Um, Jensen, thank you as always. Enjoy the rest of your vacation, and uh, I'll talk to you next week when unfortunately you'll be back at work. And enjoy everything, all the wrestling this weekend. There's a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate that. You enjoy it as well, Jeremy. This is a, this is a fun week and a fun weekend for wrestling and for MMA. If you're an MMA fan, we got Korean zombie for Max Holloway in Singapore. That's a show that starts at like 4am. So if you want some early morning UFC, you got, you got MMA, you got pro wrestling, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on this weekend. Um, so yeah, I got fantasy football draft football seasons right around the corner and also right around the corner is this interview with Adam priest. And I hope you all enjoy it. So see y'all and have a great week and a great weekend. Oh, by the way, Weekender is going to be on Monday because of all the wrestling on Sunday. Weekender will be uploaded on Monday, everybody. There you go. (laughs) Thank you, as always, to Jensen. Uh, Yes, we'll get into it right now. Our interview with Adam Priest that was recorded a couple weeks ago. We actually recorded this on Tuesday before we recorded an interview on Wednesday with Teal. So Teal Rhodes was a couple weeks ago, and that that aired two weeks when you saw it last week we had um jameson and black Tally stallion on and now we get into our interview with adam priest guys uh all the links to follow him and support him are below really fun interview with adam getting into his career uh appearing on like aw dark just a kind of philosophy on wrestling kind of stuff which is really fun so hope everyone enjoys here we go creator spotlight with adam priest welcome to the creator spotlight the interview portion of the spotlight here on fightful i am steven jensen as always joined by jeremy lambert and our guest today is the former new south tag team champion former new south champion and current two-time reigning defending action champion we got any style adam priest joined the show adam how you doing man thanks for joining us Good guys, man. Thank y'all for having me on. I'm always surprised when somebody wants to hear me say something. So uh, I appreciate it. Oh, no. We're very much looking forward to this, man. Um, we, I've been following your career uh, pretty closely for the last, you know, the last few years. I know you, you just started probably about, what, five, six years ago. Um, but really, like, you came, you got on my radar through New South and, like, immediately, like, became, like, a guy in the scene. Like, what, what was it like kind of having such, like, a really like a fast rise and a lot of it kind of came like during the pandemic as well. 
Uh, yeah, I don't want to bounce around. Um, so tell me if I venture off. Um, yeah, New South was my first like um, where where I started wrestling a lot of names and stuff. I started at a real small place, like kind of like a shithole place in Alabama. Um, it was kind of the guys training the guys, so I never really formally got trained. So I had a handful of matches this one year, and then a handful of matches this other year, and and then I met a few guys, and I learned, oh, I need to, this isn't real. So my first two years, I really don't count as much. So then I got in with uh, the New South guys, guys like CMD, and um, um, at the time, like Donnie and, and some of those guys. But uh, 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 I started getting a lot of uh, work there, and that got me into Tennessee and Georgia and, um, and, and a lot of those places. It got met guys like, formerly known as Logan Creed, and uh, I don't know if y'all know who he is now, but uh, mm-hmm. um, all those guys, and then and then during the pandemic, the South was kind of the only place running, you know, for you know for good or worse, however you want to look at it. So all the big names were coming down here. So it was a perfect storm of, hey, we're running. Nowhere else is, so all the names, the GCW names, these indie names, they all came down to us. And I wasn't good yet, which I don't think I'm that great now, but I kind of had to get good fast because I kind of had no choice. So, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, COVID was the best thing to happen for me in a way. Sure. Shitty way to say it, but uh, that's kind of how things kind of got rolling and – had some matches with some names and uh, I just got better. So I'm still always getting better now. So, yeah, I mean, Logan Creed, that's a guy we just, you might have just been like tweeting about him potentially like earlier today, actually. If people want to put two and two together on, on who that person may or may not be. Um, that guy, I very big future for him. I know, I know he's a free agent currently at the time yeah. of this recording. And uh, I've been saying for a long time, he's like, he'd, he'd just be a massive TV wrestler, I, I believe. Yeah, me and uh, me and Logan Creed were best friends, and then he died, and uh, a new guy, old monster, was born, and there we go. we've uh, we we've had we've had some bad nights here lately, so he's not real happy with me right now. But uh, we go we go way back, so he's uh the best working big man there is. But yeah, yeah he's opinion. the man. He's the man. He's the man. So did, did anyone else, um, like when you were training, anyone else kind of like make it or any other names we'd recognize? I know you said you kind of like were self-trained, but like kind of like in that era, like anyone that we might know of. So my first, um, I, I'm proud to say like my first day of training, a guy by the name of Daniel Perez was there, but now Rolando Perez yeah. Yeah. of NWA, um, we, we had our first match together. We, we tagged versus two other guys. So uh, I started with him in a shithole in Boaz, Alabama, in some random building. And uh, he's done really good for himself. Perez has really done well for a guy, me and him, that thought nobody would come, nothing come of us both. Um, he, he's done real well. So that's one notable name that came from that building. So. That's cool. Yeah, you guys, you guys have both killed it, especially like New South is, you know, and Rolando Freeman on NWA, for those of you who may not know. Freeman, sorry. Oh, well, no, no, Rolando Perez on the Indies. I mean, of yeah. course. I mean, um, and uh, yeah, he's he's a guy, both of you guys, like, um, really synonymous with New South. I mean, you mentioned CMD and like mm-hmm. some others. Um, who, I mean, 
can you speak kind of to like just the overall experience with New South? Because like we've interviewed quite a few people that have been a part of their shows, and mm-hmm. um, they, they put on like a really great product, and I really loved them. Um, Action Action Clash as well. Yeah, um, it really. Uh, I feel like at its height, um, it was really good during the pandemic. Uh, everything was really good, and things were rolling. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and bash people or bash anything. It's just sometimes your time runs out somewhere, and you've done everything there is to do, and you don't agree with some people or some things, so it's time to move on. Um, I don't keep up with it now, but listen, I, I met uh, Derek Neal there. Uh, he he taught me how to, like, he taught me a lot. Derek Neal, he, he's one of the best veterans there is on the Indies. He, he's better than he ever has been. He's 20 years in. Um, guys like, like I said, Derek Neal, who else? Um, like some of those indie names that come in, you know, the Mance Warners, the uh, uh, I wrestled Rhino there, I wrestled Davy Boy Smith. So, you know, full full circle, my first ever indie wrestling show, I watched Rhino, and about three years later, I wrestled him in a main event. So, that was the first cool thing in the indies where I was like, oh, I've actually done something cool now, because um, I was a big Rhino mark. So, uh, like, just names like that, it's a learning experience. Listen, I can't go back and watch those matches now. That's that's just two years ago, and I can't watch my shit. I hate my shit. But I was really learning how to do things better. You know, I still can't watch them now, but I was really getting better at that time. And uh, just a lot of experienced guys that I wrestled in. And they really gave me a good platform and got behind me and, um, I appreciate dumping those guys for doing what they did, but sometimes your time just runs out somewhere and I just had to get out of Alabama. So uh, as much as I love it, I had to get out of here. So I, when it comes to the pandemic, I know you, as you can see by my I, cup here. <laughs> oh yeah. I know, I know you said that like it was a good thing that that happened and I understand what, what you mean by yeah. that because you were able to stay busy uh in the pandemic and one of the ways you stayed busy is you were on aw dark and dark elevation a lot i don't want to assume how you came uh to be on this show but i'm i'm kind of putting puzzle pieces together here and and was that through sean dean because you wrestled him and then yeah. like maybe a week later you were on aw so, uh, so, uh, so how did that yeah. all come about yeah so i wrestled sean at action and sean likes to say I heard him, but Sean didn't know what he was doing. Sean slipped. So he'll never hear this because he's a big name or whatever now, so he don't <laughs> care about me. But, uh, yeah, I wrestled Sean, but he landed on his head. I put him on his head. So that wasn't why I was already figured to be there. I'm sure if uh, the plans were the other way around, he would have made sure I wasn't there. But, uh, no, Sean's a good dude. Um, we wrestled at action. But for a time period, I was working out at the Nightmare Factory before it was what it is now. Like, uh, I don't want to get in the ins and outs, but, like, they would ask people, hey, come work out. You know, I don't I don't know who, what everybody's money or agreements were or anything, but I was there for a while. And uh, I'd say the person that spent the most time, like, critiquing and helping me was QT um, of anybody. But there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen training and helping, so – um, I was just there a few weeks, but something personal made me come home and I couldn't spend two or three days there at a time a week. So something personal came up and I had to come home and, and stay home for a while. Um, so I spent a lot of time there and got to know Sean Dean. And I, everybody thinks I'm a Georgia guy for some reason because I've come up around that same group, that AC Mac, Allen Angel, Sean Dean, 
um, um, all those A4 kids. So I just come up around a lot of them and I know them. So I just got my foot in the door there. QT asked me to come to uh, Dart. And, and it was different then. It's not like it is now or was. I know it's not a thing anymore, but I was there, man, and I was getting a lot of matches. I mean, I it was during the pandemic, and they needed a lot of guys for what they were doing, and, and they they treated a lot of indie guys well, man. They um, say what you want about whatever. They uh, they paid a lot of guys and helped a lot of indie guys that weren't working. Um, a lot of guys didn't do anything but that for two years, so. They did a lot for, for any guys and really helped out. So I enjoyed um, my time there, and I went back a time or two, but I just didn't want to be the guy hanging around. I still had some growing to do. So I had some bookings there, and uh, I went on about my business. So, uh, But I pre- um, I don't know if that answers your question or not, did it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. So I, I didn't you, want to go the long way around. but No, no, you you, you let me know kind of how it, how it uh, came about and then your experience there, which is, which is what what I was looking for. And then I was going to kind of piggyback off of that because you, you did do the ROH taping uh, recently. And I was wondering kind of the difference from doing the pandemic tapings to actually sort of being a little bit on the road as, as they've gotten out of uh, everyone's gotten out of the pandemic. Um, wasn't much different. Um, (laughs) let me see how to word this. Um, I will be back. Uh, I, they did the tapings in Orlando, but it was just, you know, they had only had one other set of tapings for ROH, the AEW ROH. So it's very fresh, and I don't think they had an idea of exactly what they were going to do. But now with the collision tied in with the Ring of Honor and you see the different groups are with certain shows, um, I think things are a little bit different, and you might see me there sooner rather than later. I don't know. But uh, it, it wasn't much different than the dark and elevation of before when I was there. You saying that I was just in a six man and stuff like that. But uh, I think some things got ironed out and it will be a little different going forward. Um, I think you'll get a more ROH uh, style or what people perceive as ROH come, going forward. And that's just me from the outside looking in and just hearing people talk. So, um Hopefully, hopefully I'll be back. Awesome. And I think I will be. So, I hope I hope to to see you in Atlanta potentially. Like I know AEW is coming here very yeah. soon, later this mm-hmm. month. Uh, they're doing a big collision dynamite taping and stuff, hanging, hanging it all in. So, um, I definitely love to see you as a part of AEW and Ring of Honor yeah. more often. And you mentioned, um, you know, the Nightmare Factory, and uh, a guy from the Nightmare Factory we gotten to know him pretty well is Baron Black, and. Mm-hmm. I've met you in person and interviewed you briefly actually at Battle Slam before. You have become quite the legend at Battle Slam. Um, in fact, I, some of my favorite entrances of all time are you coming out to Gucci Mane's Lemonade. Um, yeah. and, and Baron Black told us that you almost blew the speakers out the first time you came to it too at the base. So um, what, are your, what have your experiences been like at Battle Slam? Because um, I, you've become like one of the most over people on that show, in my opinion. Look, man, I had a blast. Um, you know, it's fun being the token white guy sometimes, you know, so it, it, it was, uh, look, the first few shows were great. It, it was fun. I hadn't been back in a, in a minute. Um, uh, yeah, Baron helped me out a lot. Baron's been good to me. Um, I had a blast at those shows, man. I mean, you you were there for all the wild ones. It it was just every night I get there and I go, what can we do to, to 
it was, it was the first time I could actually show, like, hey, Adam's not just some bland white guy. You know what I mean? Well, and it's um, funny because you got, like, all your, all your like, like, other, like, wrestlers that are there. Everyone just, like, you just hear it from random pockets. You hear, yeah, Priest. Yeah, yeah. Priest. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just, I, I love, I love that because, like, everyone's, I, like, kind of in on it. Like, it's fun. I, I got a lot of street cred from those shows. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's just put it that way. So, had some, had some ladies come out with me one time. I got heat from yep. the girlfriend on that one. But, uh, <laughs> But everything, uh, it was really fun, man. It, it, it was really fun. Um, got to meet some cool people. Um, you know, he had some artists there and stuff. And uh, um, I, I just had a blast, you know, doing that. And I now do kind of some similar stuff at Naptown Pro um, in, in Indianapolis. They do some similar, you know, uh, stuff for um, – like heavily cultured shows and stuff like that and like for the neighborhood and community and stuff and they call me lemon pepper priest that's where that was born so uh i get in trouble if i don't wear yellow but like i've only got one set of yellow gear so i just mix it up you know i love the meg the stallion and the gucci main entrances so um i, I just try to pop them out every once in a while so yeah yeah Pri priest the stallion priest the stallion. <laughs> yeah. See, that's my favorite one i, I love that one and I thought that one would catch on, but it didn't. Because I think that was pretty cool. But, yeah. but that one didn't quite catch on like Lemon Pepper. So. What, what, what was uh, the experience like with um with Terminus? Because I know you did some with Terminus as well, which is kind of like a, like a sister promotion of Battle Slam. Uh, so I'm sure it's not a secret that like Gresham and, um, and Baron had a lot to do with that. Sure. Um, I think the idea behind that, and me and Gresham talk a good bit now, and I'm not speaking for him by no means, but like, uh, I think the idea behind it was kind of like an East Coast PWG in a way, in my in my vision, because those first two shows we had were effing loaded, dude. I mean, like, I was in a four way, but my four way was Daniel Garcia and and, and two other guys. I'm I'm going blank who was in there, but it was like a crazy four way, and you had Bandito versus Gresham, which was supposed to be the ROH, the last ROH title match. Like, there was just crazy matches on there, man. So, um, I, I really think that uh, hopefully that resurfaces. Um, I don't know anything, but I couldn't tell you if I do know anything also. Um, if, if that got back rolling, I really think the East Coast, I think like a DPW is kind of like that, in my opinion. Um, probably the best show I've ever worked for, honestly. Um, but but I would really I'll, I'm always trying to talk Gresham into getting that back going because um, I really think the East Coast needs a which, which we have great shows and I'm not I'm not shitting on any other shows or promotions but I think that terminus idea was really those were some loaded shows man so uh, I was a fan of it there were some really talented guys on those cards. Yeah, yeah, and, and they put out a teaser not too long ago that there's like hopefully an announcement coming soon. But to be fair, every time I ever bring it up to Baron, I'm like, "So what's the deal with Terminus?" He's like, "Announcement coming soon," and then like I don't hear anything. So like, <laughs> hey, that that's wrestling, buddy. Uh, yeah, there's that's always fair. An, yeah, I get <laughs> it. Fair. I get it. That's fair. Um, I know uh, Jeremy's uh, big with DPW. If you want to uh, talk oh, about that. Yeah, we were just get, talking a little bit off air um, yep. before before we started. I was asking about DPW because I know you're working the show. Uh, when this airs, this interview airs, it, the show will already have happened, but it's a uh, DPW Beast Coast this weekend, and that's a big show for them. Like you got Motor City Machine Guns, Violence is Forever. I don't 
know how the match is going to be. I assume that's going to be a very, very good match. Uh, we've talked to Kevin Koo and Dominic Carini. They they have said that DPW is kind of like the new age ROH, which is like the production, the match style, how things are just kind of laid out and presented. So yeah, your overall thoughts and experience on DPW, because I know you've worked there uh, for a handful of shows now. And again, returning by the time the show's aired, you've already have returned to it. Yeah, I mean, just being honest, and it's not being degrading or anything. I didn't know who they were until a year ago. <laughs> they hit they hit me up for a booking, and I go to their Twitter, and it's like however many thousands of followers, like at least five. I mean, I'm t- like really good numbers, and I yep. go, "Who the fuck are these guys?" <laughs> and then I start looking at the card, and I'm like, "Oh," and I knew they had only been running for a short amount of time. And then I get there, and I was like, "Hey, by the way, I had this guy." Name Cruel if like we can ride together and they're like oh we love MLW so we ride over and we get there and we're like what is going on like we had no idea the production was that great the crowds are crazy hot uh, I go in and they put me in a six man and then I have a good match and then Cruel didn't even have the booking and he has a banger match with Carino and now we've got bookings for years now so like it, it I did him well, so he owes me that anyway. So, like, we get there, and those guys take care of guys. They The crowd's hot. They're not sitting on their damn hands and spoiled-ass fans. Um, just everything, the production, the, the quality of cards. That's one of those shows you get there, just like this card you're saying that's coming up. The Is it Beast of the East? What is East the, Coast. Beast Coast. Yeah. Uh, that card is fucking loaded, dude. Like, I just looked at it. I was like, God, man, I got to actually have a good match. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, every card, it's one of those shows you show up and you're like, oh, I've got to be on. Like, it's game on now because it's so loaded. And, and those guys have such a hardcore following because of the podcast, too. They were running shows. And, and they've got such a devoted fan base that they're in on their guys. And I'll tell you one thing, dude. That crew of North Carolina kids – I wish I was born in North Carolina because there's something in the water because some of those kids are so fucking good. The, the Jackson Drakes, Malachi, uh, um, the Cozone, um, all those guys, dude. Uh, Westbrook, uh, 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 Big Brother. What's Big big Boy's name? Um, Bojack. Oh, like, sure. Those crop of young guys, man, they're so good. Um, so – Love the show. I never thought about the ROH because I wasn't an ROH kid growing up, but it is a good comparison to early ROH. I mean, the the show uh, this weekend again. It'll it'll have aired by the time people see see this interview. But yeah, Motor City Machine Guns against Violence Forever, Workhorsemen against uh, Kevin Knight and Kevin Blackwood. You're in a submission match against Jackson Drake. I mean, talk to me about preparing for a submission match. You're any style, but. It's a little bit of a different style. You gotta, you gotta go for the submission. You gotta lock them in, make them tap out. But so, just preparing for the submission match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe that uh, I gotta go with what's working. Uh, he he's had a lot of. Uh, I don't know if you know, but that kid's a, a damn mistake waiting to happen. He he's broke his leg. He's broke his ankle. He's bro- he can't stay healthy. So I think it'll be pretty easy for me. But uh, that's a talented little shit, dude. He he is good. <laughs> He is talented. He's fast, but I'm just going to try and pick that ankle apart. That's been messed up for a long time. Um, he'll probably slip up, but uh, submission matches are speaking from the entertaining part of it. It, 
you better be on because those are very hard to do. So um, I think there's different ways of going about those matches. And uh, I think me and him will put on, we'll, we'll definitely maybe stand out in that show because that's the one thing I try to do is every show I'm on, people know that Adam Priest match is a little bit different than everybody else's. So. Yeah, another big match you got coming up this weekend that, you know, well aired and y'all can watch it when it does air, of course, um, on the replay. You got a big action wrestling match coming up uh, to defend your title against Billy Starks. Um, what, what's it like representing action wrestling, for one? And Matt Griffin's a guy who, who we love, um, who I hope to get on the show again sometime soon. Um, but uh, what, what's it like being, like, kind of the, the face of action wrestling? And then uh, Billy Starks, like, with, you know, obviously how successful she's been so fast and so young in her career. Uh, yeah, first with action, um, they've done a lot for me as well. Um, I really transitioned to them. Um, I think that's why a lot of people think I'm a Georgia guy too, because I've been there so long. But, um, excuse me. Um, I, I've represented action in Germany, in UK, um, all around the South, Northeast. Um, they've done a lot for me. Uh, Matt's, Matt's been great. Um, he's got me in a little bit of trouble here lately, but Matt's been great. Um, the show is talented as well. That That's a show that is very underrated sometimes. And uh, I'm really trying to get more eyes on it. Uh, I would like to. I, I don't know if Adam Priest is the best number one guy, but I know I'm one of the best guys to have on the card. So I'm trying to really get the numbers up and, and get people interested with, with what's going on instead of just the names. Um, it's a great show in Tyrone, Georgia. So if you're in the Atlanta area, um, there's a lot of wrestling in Georgia. Um but that is definitely one to go out to. It's 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 a mixture of a good family show and also very good hardcore audience. Also, um, it, it's meant a lot, and I try to uh, represent it the best way I can. Um, Billy is a psycho. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll promise you this: she's not putting me on that apron with that move. I promise you that. <laughs> um, I will never take it ever. Um, even if she knocks me out and tries to give it to me, I, I'll find a way. Um, Billy is. Billy is a very talented girl, uh, woman. She, she's not a woman. I guess we can say she's a woman now. She's 18. Uh, that kid has been busting her ass. I, um, I don't know if this is going to – her parents, I think, have done a great job with how they've handled it. I, I, I've had different opinions about young kids in wrestling, and they, they have really done a great job, her mom and them, um, and, and – uh, she has really busted her ass. There's a lot of young kids in wrestling, like Mathers and, and Rogan was a young kid and, and just any of those guys, man. Um, she's really earned everything she's got. Um, she's got that fat check coming now, so I'm not sure how uh, how our match is going to go. I might just have to beat her ass. I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> she's got that fat check coming in, so I know she's enjoying that, and she deserves every bit of it. Um, the kid needs to uh, not fall on her head so much, though. So, it's a, you know. But you sound like Mouse now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Mouse is always bitching at her. But, um, (laughs) but listen, none of us listen until we start listening. You know what I'm saying? But she'll be fine. She'll learn. So, yeah. She took a a rough, uh, she took a psycho driver from, uh, um, Oh my gosh. What was the match I just saw this weekend? It was, she got knocked out like legit, uh, from it. It was, um, Oh my gosh, Brandon Kirk! It was Brandon Kirk. Brandon Kirk gave her a psycho oh. driver, like on like a like a on like open chairs, 
And um, like they were standing on the chairs, he hit him, and they you know tumbled you know right into the chairs. And it was like a it was it was it was kind of scary because like you know he pins her, the ref counts three, everyone's kind of confused, everyone kind of checks on her, and they want to restart in the match. That's how crazy Billy is, and she's just like, all right, I'm good now. Like just ring the bell again. Like and they did the whole rest of the match like it was supposed to be afterwards. But um, no, Matt, we, we've interviewed Mouse as well, and he's he's always talking about that. He he brings up two things pretty often. Uh, one being how crazy Billy is, the other one being that she doesn't cheat enough. Like she needs to cheat more often to win. So, hey, she's a heel in real life, dude. She she she's a little shithead, dude. But uh, look, hey, I, I'm not. I try not to be that guy. It's like, hey, don't get put on your head. Uh, sometimes we ain't got a choice. We get put on our head. But you know, you got to build a callus up. So she's young enough. She's building that callus up. You know, you gotta. Like there's a bump car, but then you gotta gotta weigh it out. You know what I mean? You, so you gotta build your neck muscles up a little bit. So she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Sure. And another uh, something else you got going on this weekend that people can check out after the fact as well is uh, TWE, which you know Jade Newman, those guys, the TWE Arena, like in general, has become like a legendary kind of venue in itself. Um, what's it been like being a part of TWE, and what you have going on with them this weekend? Because I did not see who you're wrestling. So. Um, Yes, TWE has kind of been the center of the South for a while. Like, yes, Action's a great show, and, uh, you know, there's been stuff like SUP and Nashville and all that. But um, yeah. TWE's been the center of, you know, SCI, Uncharted. Um, it's a good center point. You know, you can get to everything for about two or three hours, you know. So um, Jaden's done a real good job up there. Uh, me and him spent a lot of time in the U.K. and Germany together and just talking about stuff. Um, it's been the hub, and it's, it's, it's a good little building. I mean – you get that building packed in there with 200 people. Sometimes that's some of your best shows. Um, sorry, I got some stuff going on. Sometimes that's some of your best shows, man. Um, packed building. I'd rather a packed building than, you know, a shitty half-filled building. So um, uh, it, it's, just, it's a great place to go. Good family atmosphere, too, and also some hardcores. Uh, pretty respectable place. Everybody everybody uh, treats everybody with some respect, you know, fans and, and workers. Um, uh as far as this weekend, I'm, I'm in TWE a good bit. Um, I've got a match coming up, not this weekend, but in a few weekends, I think the 20, that last week against uh, Darian Bingston. But next oh, weekend, next weekend, I'm wrestling a lady by the name of Mackenzie Morgan. Um, she is from Memphis, and she is a very talented young girl uh, that – has a lot of potential. Um, he's a great athlete, uh, a lot of um, spunk, uh, a lot of charisma, um, and she, uh, she's she been going for a little bit over a year now. I found her at Memphis Wrestling, and I tried to get her in touch with a lot of people. Um, uh, she, she's got a lot of talent, her and uh, Tim Bosby. Um, they both come up from Memphis, but Mackenzie Morgan, she's going to be a star one day, and she will – probably sign a contract for i will so just uh keep that name in mind is uh is Benson still the twe champion right now he is we have a rematch because i put him out in sci and uh we finally have a rematch for the twe title so coming up here soon that's that's great so people around the time people watch this interview is probably around the time that y'all can check yeah, this stuff yeah, out yeah. we're talking about so that that's perfect please yeah. seek this out when it when it's available benson another guy I, it was cool it was good seeing him get a shot at the sci he got in with like the like the uh the what do they call it the scramble right. match like the, the yeah um which was uh it was cool it was cool and to see to see him as a part of it so it's uh yeah. 
you you mentioned signing a contract and McKenzie will we'll sign one before you. Is is that a goal of yours to to sign a contract with one of the top bigger companies? Uh, yeah, I think anybody that says they don't want the money, they're idiots, and I think they're lying. But um, here's the deal, man. I, I can only be me. You're always finding who you are, and, and I know I'm not a finished product yet. Um, it's kind of going back to what I said about AEW. I didn't want to hang around because then you're the guy that's just oh and seventy five or whatever the fuck you know. Um, I needed to go. I need to go find myself, and I, I'm still not done finding myself. If now if a company wants to come to me now and be like, hey, we love it, then great, you know. But uh, I just focused on myself. Uh, some a smart guy told me one time. Um, Hey, I, I wasted half of my life worrying about signing that contract. And the more I worried about it, the farther I got. And when I started not giving a shit and just being me, then, you know, fortunes came. Um, I don't, I'm, I didn't get into it to just do it for shits and giggles either. Um, I do want some money. That'd be nice. Uh, but, I had this uh, infatuation and this love of – I look at wrestling, I think, different than a lot of people, not to get too romantic about it, but uh, I think there's something beautiful about – I think the cream always rises, and I think uh, the guys that learn to eat shit and eat shit for a long time really get it. We see it like a guy on TV right now, Eli Knight. I mean, look at that dude. Mm-hmm. Look at what he's done for 20 years or what. Um, yeah. I think there's something romantic about having the territory lie for a while and really finding yourself. I think uh, it's really hard for – there's very few guys that can go to a performance center and really find themselves and become a big star. I think uh, it's really important for guys like an AJ Styles or those kind of guys that really went through it and went everywhere then to finally figure out who they are. So uh, I really love the territory kind of style of it. And because you look at the WWE those years back in the day, like people were getting there at 37, 38 years old. You know, it's a different time, but I always it was romantic. Those are my heroes. So there's kind of a part of me that's like, I'm going to eat shit for a while and I know it. You know what I mean? Because that's what my heroes did. Um, I don't know if that gives a... <laughs> No, it, it, Dominic Greeny said something similar when we talked to him. He's like, you are going to have to eat shit for a while, but you have to learn to not always like the taste of it because otherwise you'll just continue to eat it. And at some point you're going to have to say, no, I'm not eating this hey, anymore. Nobody hates an eight hour drive more than me. I, I, <laughs> I fucking hate it. Dude. I hate all that. I would rather be sitting here watching a football game. Like I can't stand it. But I also love, love it also. You know, it, um, uh, it's very difficult. But anything that's easy isn't worth fucking doing. You know, um, it's, uh, it's an interesting life. I mean, you miss out on a whole lot. Um, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned, you know, kind of the process of, like, finding yourself. And some people might take a long time or – you know, you're constantly kind of reinventing yourself to figure out, you know, what works best. And um, 
something that I really like about you is your move set. Like, like your like the way that you wrestle, that any style thing I, I think is very appropriate. But on top of that, I really like that you have a basic DDT. Like your finisher is a DDT and you put people down for the three with it. The Alabama jam, you whip out every now and then when you need to. And I mean, <laughs> you've hit some gnarly, you've hit some gnarly ones. I, I love the, uh, the one in action, the, uh, off the top, the top rope to the outside through the door or table, whatever, whatever was yeah. set up there that you went through. Um, yeah. So, uh, kind of what was the, uh, the idea behind choosing the DDT as your finishing move? Because I love, I I've always thought that that was like, that should be a finishing move. That shouldn't be like a setup move. That's a legitimate move that would put people down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I just had to start being myself. I think, uh, God, I'm trying not to ramble here because there's a whole lot I would like to say. No, please um, let us let us know what's going on. I don't want to get lost. So I was very bland. Like the New Year, New South years, like, yes, people like me, but I knew that's not me. Like uh, I really need to start finding myself. So I really told myself, hey, dumb it down as much as you possibly can and be really good at three things and worry about every so, – so you're not worried about what you're going to do in the match. Now I can react to what's going to happen in the match. Um, I don't want to give away all my tricks, but I think of everything with threes. I've got a three-move rule. I've got uh, just all kinds of different little things in my head because I was so worried about, oh, what am I going to do to hang with all these indie fucks that do everything under the sun? I can't do that. I've always been second, but I've never been the all-state baseball player. I've never been the first-round draft pick. I've never been the most jacked. I've never been the top. I've always been just right outside that lead. So I knew I've got I've got to still get better at all the other shit that nobody else focuses on. Everybody's great, and I'm not shitting on guys. And Hey, I wish I could do what these guys like Blake Christian or all these guys can do. I have a real problem with wrestling now where it's like, oh, people shit on what I do and the simplicity of what I do, but everybody else is allowed to have their opinions about what they do. So my opinion of wrestling is very different. And I look at all the stars in the past and I try to go, name five moves they did. Name, name. You will know they cared about Steve Austin. They care about MJF. They care about Dusty. They care about Triple Like Nobody gives a shit. Now, there is an absolute spot for those crazy, flippy white guys. Like, it's amazing what these guys can do. But, like, I can't do that shit. I just can't. And, and even if I can do it, I'm going to look like shit doing it on the same card with them, and that just exposes me. So I'll just try to sim simplify it as much as I can and worry about trying to get people invested and caring about me. And that's something that's really happened at action. It's bizarro world. I'm a heel everywhere else in the world, but there I'm their asshole. So, yeah. so that place has really helped me. Um, yeah. I just have a real problem with the way wrestling has went with some things. And I, I just have to do it the way I want to do it and the way I'm happy or I'll never be happy. And that goes back to the contract shit and all that other stuff. I just got to be happy with the way I'm doing it. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun here lately. So, uh, so um, yeah, I try to dumb it down, man. And uh, that does, 
you know, somebody else's ZDT might not be a finish. Great. Don't give a shit. Barry Bonds had a different – everybody hit home runs, but that one guy's swing was a little bit better than everybody else's. You know what I'm <laughs> right, saying? I just sure. try to – I try to compare shit to other sports. You know what I mean? Well, I remember even like a story from uh, when when Cowboy James Storm had that really brief run in, in NXT, um, like between like impact runs. He was there for like a couple appearances. And I remember him talking in an interview about how he had a conversation with Triple H and Triple H was like, hey, you got to change your finish. You know, everyone here does super kicks like, you know, everyone just uses them. And he was like, differences, you know, when I hit it, people don't get up. And he was yeah. like, OK, fair enough. Like, you can use that. Yeah, it, you know, and it's hard on the Indies, man. I, you know, and, and and promote. I don't want to get too in the weeds, but people have really respected me and what I'm trying to do for the most part, and I really appreciate it. You know, that goes with shows and workers, and uh, I try to do it well so people don't feel shortened. Um, uh, but got got people have been really respectful, and uh, selfishly, I feel like I have a good one. So. Um, um, I have pulled out some other crazy stuff, you know, when it, when it gets certain shows, I'll pull out more than a few moves, but, uh, oh, I I, to go I was gonna say, I've seen you use a flaming branding iron on people, dude. Like, yeah, well, you're, you're willing to go any style for sure. That's not a move. That's not a move. That's <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's the equalizer, you know, but it don't work all the time, but sometimes it has to get pulled out. So. Yeah. What were those experiences like, by the way? Sorry, Jeremy. I'll, 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 I'll pass it to you after this one. With, with, uh, with those kind of like ICW type shows that you've done, like, which is like totally, I mean, really outside of like most wrestlers' elements. But like when I see you do it, I'm really like, damn. I, this, and Jane Newman's another one who's been doing it more recently that I didn't kind of expect to see doing it, but he's really being successful with it. Um, what, yeah. what's your kind of thoughts on doing that? Do you want to do it more often or is that just something where it's like you, you, that's good. You're good on that. Uh, let's be diplomatic here. Um, <laughs> I really think there's a place for it at certain times. Um, you know, I had a crazy match with John Wayne Murdoch, uh, yeah. Eric Ryan, um, I've had some uh, really cool stuff happen. Um, I do draw the line at some stuff because I just don't see the benefit in a lot of things. Um, some of those guys are batshit crazy, and I don't understand what goes on with them. Um, yeah, I don't play with the glass. Uh, I don't play with some of those things. Hey, if they want to do it, it's their life, it's their body, you know, whatever. Um, I really enjoy the environment. To me, there's nothing more beautiful than uh, a well-timed guy bleeding and chaos, and, and you know, you know, Ric Flair bleeding, leaving after Terry Funk has has jumped from the announce table. You know what I mean? Like, I think that shit's beautiful. Some shit sucks, and I think a lot of shit on those shows suck, and that's me being as blunt as I can be, but those guys know that. And I've always been blunt and honest with what I think about some of that stuff, but if they want to do it, great. And there's an audience for all that stuff, but I really wanted to prove that I can do anything and I can be pretty good at it without playing by their rules and I can play by my rules. So um, that's kind of goes with the any style thing. So 
you were actually going to ask what I was going to ask, Jensen, is because I see the death matches. I'm like, this doesn't it doesn't seem like it fits Adam Priest, but yet you've done them. And I was wondering, you know, kind of what why you got into them. So I appreciate your answer on that. And then kind of kind of my last one as we start to, to wrap up here. Uh, you mentioned like the different styles and, and how everybody on the indies might kind of do the same thing and uh, whatnot. And you, you talked about Jonathan Gresham earlier. I, I had a conversation with Jonathan Gresham a while ago where he kind of mentioned the same thing. And he's like, everyone just feels invincible on the Indies. Like there's no one who has, and maybe you've heard this conversation from Jonathan as well. He's like, everybody, no Superman, has- everybody is a badass. Everybody. Yeah. No, everybody's. Yeah. No, yeah. Go ahead. He's like, no one, no one has a weakness. Like when I get in there, people know that like, if I get hit, like kind of striking, it is my weakness. I'm not like the, the best striker in the world. I'll, I'll pretzel you. I'll turn you into a pretzel, but like striking might not be like my strength. And it sounds like you, you follow kind of a similar philosophy of that, of like, you kind of got to have a weakness in wrestling. So people have sort of a reason to either get behind you or have a reason to be like, yeah, this guy, he's going to actually lose for once. <laughs> Yeah, the smart ones figured out. Um, <laughs> I think Jonathan uh, Gresham's one of like the greatest minds in wrestling. By by the way, oh, he's there's nobody better. Um, he's helped me out a lot. Uh, yeah, it's uh, sometimes I watch a pro- and like I said, there's a lane for everything, and I'm not what who the fuck am I? What do I know? But uh, sometimes I watch something. I go, are we in the same? sport here like are we we don't have the same mindset of this at all you know um but people love that shit because you see what's on wednesday nights and you see what's on but you know there's certain shows that i like better uh you know yeah everybody's superman and um if steve austin get his ass kicked i think everybody can get their ass kicked uh Oh, my dog jumping in the frame here. So, uh, <laughs> everybody can get their ass kicked. If Hulk Hogan get his ass kicked, you know, I, yeah, he, I agree with whatever he said. I probably agree with. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that pure stuff is a good example. Uh, people might shit on that pure stuff, but um, it's more rest. Like, that tells more stories than almost anything, in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, I understand things being more entertaining and stuff, but, um, uh, it's almost easier to tell a story when there's rules, but uh, some people don't quite think that. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that pure stuff really showed that sometimes there needs to be rules to uh, break rules, but whatever. I mean, I'd like to see you in uh, in some some pure stuff. You mentioned possibly doing ROH uh, coming back at some point. I, I would like to to see that some type of pure rules match with Adam Priest. Yeah, yeah, we did some stuff, but Gresham ran some mag shows. Uh, like I said, I, I'm going to try and talk him into, you know, getting some stuff going. I think he's got a little bit of opening in his schedule now, but uh, he's doing great in impact. But I'm going to try and talk him into I, I love him. I, I don't think it's something that I want to do every night, but uh, I think it really – I think the pandemic era of Ring of Honor was really capitalizing, and I think – from him pushing that, I think he was a catalyst in that. I thought that was great. I, I thought they were different. I thought that pure stuff was different. Hey, if you don't like it, piss off. Who cares? You know, but 
I, I thought that stuff was great. Uh, it's not for everybody, but I think there needs to be rules to break rules. So, sure. I uh, I know you said you don't like going back and watching your own matches, but do you have a favorite match and or a favorite moment like of your own career? Hmm. Uh, I can't think about one match. I think me and the Anthony Henry stuff was really good in action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, action Uncharted. I, I think that. The more I look back, the chaos of that last match, like the only, the most clout I ever got from anything is when I jumped out of camera frame and like flew <laughs> and broke a table with my head. Like there's that image. There's me coming off the ladder through the table, uh, pile driving each other, no ropes. Uh, the asshole would bust me open every match. Uh, the hard kicks, you know. That last match was like, wow. So that was a moment that night where I was like, oh, we did something there um, in that building. Uh, we had a really good Uncharted match. Uh, that was about 20-something minutes. So the Henry stuff, that's a guy I didn't talk about. He, he did me a lot of help and kicked my ass a lot. But we had about a five-match run last year. Um, those stick out uh, – the Murdoch matches, I had two with Murdoch, and, and he may be the best of that world. Like, that right. genre, uh, it, that guy's a, a hell of a wrestler, uh, deathmatch or not. Um, let me think if there's anything moment-wise. Uh, is there anything that comes to your mind? I, I'm trying to think of, like, a moment where I'm like, oh, that was cool. Uh, um, I mean, you beating Derek Neal for the New South title. Yeah. I like yeah. that a lot. I liked your uh, – I really liked your match against Daniel McCabe at SCI. That was a really oh, good one. Thank you. That, man, that's been like two years there. Yeah. Maybe two years ago now or, or so, maybe. McCabe's um, a guy who doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's I've worked him a lot here uh, at, in the past. Um, man, I don't know. I, I've, a lot of stuff slips my mind. I know we're trying to get off here. but um, well, You and Al Price was recent. Yeah, yeah, we had a, about a seven-minute match at Open, and uh, that guy, uh, me and him are really good together. We uh, we really put it on. We had one other match before, but that was two years ago when we both grown up. We had about seven minutes the other night, and uh, it, it we're pretty good together. Um, yeah, because y'all wrestled each other, like, over yeah. the years, but, well, like, we were, like, both that, of you are really, like, putting it all together right now. Like, yeah, like, it's you're both really making names for yourself. I, I think uh, you'll see us together at some point coming up and actually uh, be able to put on a show, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, I've had a lot I've with a lot of cool guys. Um, some guys I've met stuff is cool, like personal stuff, but the, the Henry matches and the Murdoch matches have probably been my, like, spectacle matches in a way. So um, I look back at those like, hey, I actually did something that night, you know, so – Adam, the, the last one that we, we ask everybody is, what is the coolest thing you have in your room? Oh, shit. Let's, 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 <laughs> you want to go in there? Let's look yeah. here. Hang on, I'm going to turn my lights on. Sorry. No, you're good. Thank you. Well, I can show you my dog. He, he's in my bathroom. Let's do What's the dog's name? Thor. I have a Rottweiler. You see? He's oh, nice. He, he's a little fat and out of shape. He, he's laying in there. Look what I got <laughs> in my room here. <laughs> Uh, 
Okay, here, here's something cool. I've got a picture here. Let's try to. All right. I know it's terrible reflection here. All right. <laughs> it is a picture of Benoit, Guerrero, and uh, Jericho in 90. Shit, that'd be 97, right? Before they jumped. Zen- WCW? Yeah, like Benoit's wearing the red tights. Uh so WCW, my best friend Stick, he um he big WCW fan. He's a lot older than me. He's like a crazy old uncle, you know. Um he took that picture, you know, years ago and he gave it to me. Now, like I got into wrestling and and he knows that Benoit and Guerrero is like two of my guys. And he just it's the random picture he took that night. And he, he took it and he gave it to me. So that's a random little thing I have from that night. Um, I'm trying to give y'all something more interesting here. I don't know. That that's about the only cool thing I can show you. So no, that's that's cool. No, yeah, that's <laughs> a, yeah. We've had people show pictures and then a great story behind it of like, hey, I took this and I know you, you're now a wrestler. Some of your favorites, like that, is a is a very cool thing. Yeah, yeah a little bit of well. other styles in your style, by the way, in any. Yeah, style. yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get compared to one of those guys a lot, but I try to not be compared. It's, to I, 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 I myself did not want to bring that up during this interview. I was gonna actually <laughs> look. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not disrespectful. Look, I get, right. I get it. Um, I can tell when people's be, people are being a smart ass about it. You know, uh, I, it's obviously a compliment by some people. It's never like oh for the other reasons. You sure, know? Um, it's always because the style or whatever, but. Yes, I pick a lot from him, but it's just sometimes you're just naturally like somebody. It's not by, oh, you know, it's not like Ziggler to HBK level. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> it's just oh, we move the similar sometimes. Um, but Guerrero, I think, is he's in my top three. Uh, nobody was better at, at a lot of things than him. So, oh, yeah, just two of my favorite guys, and he gave me that picture. So I just keep it along with family pictures and stuff. So. Awesome. Very cool. A- Adam, thank you again for, for joining us tonight. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Uh, yeah, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm usually saying something pretty stupid. Uh, Adam underscore priest underscore, I think. Uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, not threads yet, not TikTok. I, I'm, re- I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not fucking doing it. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I'm, yeah. I want Elon to burn it down before I go. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, uh, but mainly on the Instagram and Twitter, not doing threads. Everybody's trying to talk me into going to that. I'm not doing it, dude. Um, so just, just there. Um, that's where I get all the bookings and, and everything. So and I post weekly what I'm doing every week. So uh, you can keep up with everywhere I'm going to be there. There you go. All the links are below, everybody. You can follow Adam there on uh, X, Twitter, uh, anywhere else uh, that that he's on. Not the threads. He's not going there. And uh, keep up with him, you know, in the ring, whether it's IWTV, whether it's uh, on Honor Club soon enough, hopefully, or or anywhere else. Uh, Adam, check out the the recent GCW appearances. I mean, big stuff uh, from, from Adam over there. So absolutely. You got DPW on demand everywhere. Uh, Adam, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Guys, we'll be right back here on the spotlight. Thank you. Big thanks to Adam Priest joining us on the creator spotlight. 
much appreciation to him taking time out of his day to join us a couple weeks ago. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the interview. Hope everybody enjoyed the show today. Get ready for a big week of wrestling. We have not only AEW All In, there's a other two night show, um, and there is Impact Impact Emergence as well on Sunday night. So you got All In on Sunday afternoon going into the evening, and then Impact on Sunday night. So big Sunday night of wrestling. Saturday, there's Collision. I'm sure there's some other independent shows on IWTV and Fight TV as well. There's the Vacation Land Cup uh, for Prestige Wrestling um, as well. I don't actually, it's not Prestige. Um, what is, oh my gosh, now I'm completely blanking on the Vacation Land Cup of, uh, I, I look terrible right now. I look it up. Limitless, Limitless Wrestling has the Vacation Land Cup this weekend so you can watch that thank you guys as always for the love the support the thumbs up the super chats the subscriptions all that fun stuff head over to fightful overbooked if you would like uh go to fightful overbooked and check out all the stuff we have going on there just posted the singular interview with jack jameson uh when he did an impromptu appearance on in the weeds on monday talking about the viral spot with a good old bronson yes baby yeah the guy the iron savage Bronson, we're gonna have to get him on one of these shows. Uh, so Jameson did an impromptu spot. Uh, he was there for about eight minutes, and that is now the singular eight-minute interview is up with Jameson on in the weeds. If anybody wants to check that out, or on Five Flavor Booked, and again, all the other stuff we have on Five Flavor Booked. Guys, thank you again. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Spotlight. Talk to y'all then. Bye, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.